What's up, guys? Welcome to Bulls 101. This is Chris Amundsen here with my guy, Lara Golden. As always, I have to apologize for being late tonight. <laughs> I was out. I was out with my wife. Uh, someone was watching the kids, so we were finding out a date. And totally lost track of time. I looked down at my phone. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's like, I got to be home like now. <laughs> I'm late for my show. It's Apologies all to you, Larry. good, man. No, dude, it's all good. You know, man, the, the last couple of times we've had to reschedule or, or been late has been because of me. So it's who am I to be like, Chris, what the hell? No, we're, <laughs> we're, we're all good, man. We're all good. Yeah, it's funny. Um, just a funny time that we do the show in the first place and that, <laughs> that we still have conflicts anyway. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, it's been, it's been a crazy week in Bulls land. We're finally getting some good news. Zach Levine has been cleared of the bad knee allegations and um, got a little treatment on it and he should be good for the rest of the season. He said he's not like the knee isn't hundred percent, but he can like, he can play through it with no issue. Like there's no, there's no issue with the knee. It's just, or that's, you know, that's going to affect his play or yeah. his health, but you know, the only way he's going to get it right is by doing stuff in the off season, resting it yeah. for a certain amount of time. So, but it's good to hear that's not like some sort of tear because you know Lonzo was having some knee soreness on and off, and then all of a sudden, next thing we know, he's six to eight weeks. Um, what's up, Salim? Good evening, my friend. Skokes, yeah, he could have won the dunk contest. I, I didn't even, I haven't even watched to be honest. I haven't watched a single second. I got a recorded of, of the weekend. I'm gonna check it out. But um, we also got news that Alex Caruso is going to be doing. He's able to do some shooting drills. Uh, in the next seven to 10 days, that was like a few days ago. So it's within the next week, which is really awesome to see. Hopefully Lonzo's not too far behind. We got news that Patrick Williams is looking at like, you know, post all-star break coming back to the, uh, coming back to the team about say back to the chat, <laughs> coming back to the team. So, you know, the Calvary's coming, man. And the bulls are currently tied for first in the East, despite every crazy thing imaginable that's happened to them over the last month. And uh, they almost were solely in first place. I was watching the Heat Hornets game that went to overtime. The Hornets blew a 14-point lead in the last few minutes, and then they had a chance to to ice it in overtime with a free throw. Couldn't do it. The Heat eventually won in double overtime. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, how do you feel about this? Oh, and then and then the final piece of news that we'll talk about tonight is the Bulls waived Alfonso McKinney. Mm. And signed Tristan Thompson off the off the uh, off the buyout market. So we'll definitely go through some film. But first of all, man, after my my monologue here, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the Bulls and where they're at uh, at the at the at the fake halfway mark? <laughs> um. So to be honest with you, I am honestly I can't. I don't think I could ask more from this team um, from what they have done because of all the injuries. Um, and to be honest with you, man, I, like you, like I just said, I, I can't ask for more. I'm, I'm actually kind of proud as a Bulls fan um, that they have kind of fought through these injuries and not used it as a crutch to kind of give in and allow games to be lost. Like, you know, shout out DeMar DeRozan for really, really like he was already having a great season, but for him to really take it up a notch. Um, I mean, what can you say? I mean, DeMar to um, Chamberlain. Dude, De De DeMar has really just – I don't understand. Like, I understand dudes can be – just get to their spots and knock down shots. But, like, 
I, I just feel like every time he gets to a spot, the shot goes down. Like, it's just like, I, you know, like guys like Paul Pierce back in the day, even Kawhi Leonard, you know, guys like that, that get to that little mid range, that mid post area and just knock it down. Like, I feel like DeMar literally every time, it, if he gets to a spot, it's probably going to go down. Like I, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I can't go without giving some big ups to two of my guys, Nico, Big time Vucevic, I see you, big dog. For the three isn't falling like we all want it to be, but he is hey. continuing to 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 contribute and be uh, uh, consistent inside that the painted area and um, rebounding the ball really well. Without him, we probably are the worst rebounding team in the NBA. Um, and Kobe, man, Kobe, and I guess Io too. I, I forgot about him, but Io and Kobe, like those four guys, <laughs> man, like. Holding it down, what can, man. What can, what can we say about this? Like, you could be mad about certain certain wins that we have because they've been ugly. I, I, but like for the oh, most man. part, them winning the games and and pulling it out. Like, shout out the Bulls, man. Bobby, uh, Bobby, Billy. Um, good job, man. Billy holding the troops together, keeping the locker room straight with all these injuries. Uh, I mean, shout out this 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 team, man, just for continuing to fight, man. So Vooch is up to 54.1% on the season for on twos, mm-hmm. which is his highest since 2018-19 uh, when he hit uh, 54.9% on twos, which was the highest of his career. So he is he has been on absolute tear the last month. And we knew this was coming. This is what we said was coming. I got a little worried after like he was yeah. having a down season for like two months, three months. Yeah. But he was doing everything else, right? He looked he looked good everywhere else. It's just the shot wasn't falling for some reason. I, and Vooch has really come through, man. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. He's, no, no, he's, no, no, no. He's smoking hot uh, in, inside the arc now. And I and I found myself, me being me, I found myself watching some uh some the, the last uh playoff appearance that he was in where he absolutely played so damn well. Um, Did well, they think, beat, it was it though when they faced the Bucks, right? Yeah, they lost. They lost four yeah. one. But his stats for that, that first that, game, yeah, <laughs> for his stats for that that playoffs, twenty eight points on like sixty percent true shooting, rebounding the hell out of the ball, passing the ball. Like it, to me, like what I've seen and from the from this season, um, all, like till now. Uh, I'm sorry, beginning of the season till now, uh, like. I remember one shot. Um, I can't remember what game. Was it against Orlando or was it where he had a chance to knock down the shot, uh, but somebody got out there. It was like a drawn up play for like a, for a Vooch to get the, the shot at the end. I can't remember who the opponent was, but like other than that, when he missed that shot, I feel like every time we need a big time three or uh, you know a shot, like, and when he has that opportunity late in the game, I feel like he knocks those down. Um, yeah. And to me, that says a lot about the guy. Like, yes, throughout the game, he may go one for four from three or one for five from three. But I, I to me, I just you know, watching him, if there, if the ball swung, swung to him in the corner, or swung to him at the top of the key, and we need a big time three, I feel like it's going to go down. Just because I think that when the the moment when you need it, I feel like that's when he makes those shots. And to have him as the third option when Zach comes back, I'm just I'm in awe of this team, honestly, because. Chris, you know, man, like you, we talked about it before the season, before we got DeMar DeRozan. Um, no, I, I'm sorry. When we were talking about getting DeMar DeRozan before we got Caruso and before we got Lonzo, mm-hmm. um, we were like, ah, like 
of course, DeMar DeRozan would be a great uh, addition, you know, but the defense, my gosh, that would be bad. And then once we got Lonzo and once we got Caruso, we're like, okay, let's get DeMar. Then. Sign, let's, let's bring sign him up. Yep. And, and now we, we're seeing. We got the wingman. I think we, now we're seeing what it would have been like if we didn't get those additions. Yes. Um, and for him to, I mean, to pick up his offensive efficiency, I mean, come on, man. What can you say about the guy? Yeah, to be honest, um, yeah, when you're talking about DeMar, every shot that goes up in the fourth quarter, yeah. I think is going in. And it, and it usually does. The thing that, that blows my mind is that every single person on the court, on the coaching staff, in the crowd, watching on TV, knows exactly what DeMar DeRozan is going to do. Every single play that he's got the ball. You know he's going to that mid-range pull-up. You know he's going to pump fake it if the guy's too close. And for some reason, they just cannot stop him. He's yeah. unstoppable. They know exactly what he's doing. I mean, yeah. he's got, and Billy said it, he's got incredible footwork <laughs> in the mid-range. Like he just, yeah, he's just able to create space in a moment's on a moment's notice. He's he's been phenomenal. And and you're right. The last month or so of Bulls is exactly what the critics thought the Bulls would be. Uh, right? Like a good good offensive team. I think they're like top five offense and around 20th or so in defense is going to be a shootout. And it has been a shootout every night. But I would say DeMar DeRozan has exceeded all of my expectations as an offensive player. He's just been absolutely godly. And Vooch has really come around. And if Vooch starts playing, like Vooch has been playing last month, and Zach Levine gets back to, you know, kind of his his uh, earlier season form, and we and we get full strength, and we get Pat back, I mean... Look out. Look out, man. Like, the Bulls are going to be a really, really tough opponent. They're going to be smoking hot. So uh, I'm really excited for it. And um, so what I wanted to do tonight, actually, is talk about each of the kind of the main rotation or each of the players in the Bulls roster. Yeah. And kind of give them some midseason grades. If they've met your expectations, exceeded um, below expectations, what what have you, and why. And so, you know, we, we can kind of just go down the roster and talk about uh, each of these players. So let's start with the, let's start with the main guy on the team. We'll start with Zach Levine. Um, I thought he, I think he's, you know, I think he's met my expectations this year for the most part. He started off a little shaky uh, with shooting from three because of that, uh, that thumb injury he had for like the first month. And then he just started going on fire and then he's kind of tapered off the last month, obviously in and out of the lineup with these injuries with that, with, with the knee swelling and and things. Um, But I think offensively, a lot of people had doubts last year that they thought that last year was an anomaly, that, that he wasn't going to be able to do that, especially when they brought more people in or he could only do that on the losing team. But we saw like he had everyone on him and he was still putting up like 63% true shooting efficiency. Like he was just crazy true shooting percentage. And now he's got Tamar, now he's got Vooch, now he's got Lonzo, Caruso, Javante, Kobe, Io, like all these guys around him that can get a bucket, that can make the right pass, that can do the right dribble. And he's still putting up the same numbers. I mean, it's he, he think he's putting up like two less points, but about the same efficiency. I know it's been a little bit – his efficiency has gone down because he's been in and out recently. Yeah. But he's he's basically been 50-40-90 again or 50-40-85 again. Um, so, like I would say, Zach has met my expectations. Uh, I think defensively he's been – he's I, I think he's been a little less focused – that I'd yeah. like him to be sometimes. Yeah, uh, he's he's had some some bad moments, but I still think he's still 
overall much improved from where he was a couple of years ago. I think he's kind of maintained that. He hasn't taken it to another level. Right. Um, he's kind of had some ups and downs, but I, I think he's still kind of – he's not killing you out there on defense uh, in the way that he was a few years ago. Anyways, no. that's my take on Zach. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think he's exceeded or, or met your expectations, or, or what, are you, what are you thinking on him? I totally agree. Um, I, I just – for Zach, man, I mean, something to think about, too, with him continuing this type of efficiency um, is coming into the season, he had a thumb injury. Um, and for him to, you know, still put up those numbers with the thumb um, and then knee injury, back spasms, and for him to still be putting up these numbers, I think that says, you know, everything you just know about Zach. I mean, the dude is a baller. He's a gamer. Um, the dude I always bring this up, but like we're talking about a guy that plays six minutes on a torn ACL. Like this, there's nothing. If 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 he can play through it, he's going to play through it. Gonna do it. Um, it's just it's just who he is. And for the most part, if he's out there, he's gonna contribute. He's gonna he's gonna give you uh what, what you need out of him. Um, like you said, man, I think you hit on all points, man. And oh, also, I think honestly, I think him as a passer. Um, I feel like his he's assist numbers. Better. Yes, yes, and. Um, I, I feel like that's something to talk about with Zach as well. And I have to feel like his passing <laughs> has been there. So I just, we, everything. We talked, about that. we talked about that at the beginning of the year, yeah. right at the beginning of the year, every pass he made was to Vooch. Right. Every, yeah. Every pass. <laughs> and it was always that little, that little like side pick and roll or like at the middle of the key, but he started making the cross court pass. He started making mm. strong side weeks. Like he's, you know, behind Houston, he's, he's been, he's been passing. Salim here has had a comment. I think this is really, really key by Salim. He says, Zach's done a good job of taking a backseat to DeMar and allowing mm -hmm. DeMar to shine after him mm -hmm. props for his unselfishness. 100%. Yes. Zach is going to get, like, Zach is in a contract year and he's going to get paid this year. And for him to allow DeMar to kind of take the spotlight from him in a lot of different ways and be totally cool with it and be like the ultimate teammate, it just reinforces what we've been saying for years, which is that Zach is not a selfish player, nope. he's not a ball hog. Not an empty stats guy. He wants to win more than anything, and he's shown it this year. And I think that's what's been the most impressive part of Zach Levine to me. I, you know, to go along with what, what Salim has uh, brought up, which, like you said, is a great point. We had uh, Darnell, uh, Darnell Mooney, we had <laughs> <laughs> Darnell Mayberry on, and he brought. He remember, I remember we were talking about it vividly with him and. And how yeah. he, uh, we had clips of uh, Zach and what he was talking about, all defense. He, that's his aspirations. And um, he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. But I, I remember him saying, like, you know, you can say that now, but that contract is coming up. Um, so we'll have to just see, you know, if he really means it. And, I mean, Zach has meant – I mean, the dude is <laughs> – you can't really say he was lying, man. The dude is really yeah. trying to win ball games, man, whatever it – whatever it takes um and uh i respect that man for it uh, i respect him so much man because you know for him to continue to want to play on the knee continue to you know because for him he could he could have sat out some of these 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 games and and said nah coach like i gotta get right you know but he just wants to win for this city man and and um shout out zach man it's been great it's just been great. Um, all right, let's move on to DeMar DeRozan. What what have you thought of DeMar DeRozan this year, uh, <laughs> just overall? You gave me the easy one, huh? Uh, let's start <laughs> off with the easy one. Dude, dude, like, 
I don't I don't know if there are words um and I, this means nothing come from me because Lord knows I don't have a big time uh, vocabulary, but uh, <laughs> but but like they're 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 I can't think of a, the right word to really describe what Demar has meant to this team. Um, and to me, I don't think he's getting a, like I understand like you know Chicago Bulls um, and the Bulls talk Twitter. They've been doing a good job of of really pro the propaganda and <laughs> and getting them out there. But honestly. I think there needs to be more love for what DeMar has really done. Like if, if you take a look at the roster and you take a look at the injuries this team has had, DeMar has been so consistent at his age. This guy has missed what one game this year is it, was it one game so far? Maybe I think he rested one game on a back-to-back -back or something. That and, and, and for him to, at his age to continue to take on the offensive load, to be unselfish, to, to, to leverage his, his, scoring ability when he gets that that the the extra help to making the right pass and you know giving some effort on the defensive end like yes he's still you know he's still demar but for the most part like you, you look he's rotating when he needs to rotate he gets his hands in on, on some drives when he digs so it's like for what he is doing for this team i mean my goodness man like demar has been like you said everything and more of what you could expect from him. Um, and I think he needs more recognition from national media. Um, you know, I know that you can't take too much, you know, take too much from the basketball reference, you know, uh, MVP rankings. And for him to be nine, I think that's too low. I think he needs to be up higher, especially if you take in all of the, the things that has happened to this team. Um, and that's where I sit with DeMar. A plus, 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 plus. Uh, he's <laughs> he's been exceptional he's been absolutely exceptional so as you know i wrote an article in october yes. basically defending the demar Derozan signing when everyone else was killing it i went i went and reread it this week because i wanted to see how bad how 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 much of like how low i was right. <laughs> on and i was probably the most the most positive article written um about it uh, about the demar signing so i wanted to i wanted to read something from it um so i talked about i talked in the article about the timing of the deal they'll be available alternatives to the bulls and then the range of outcomes like what you know it, it could be good bad ugly and i talked about the timing and i said you know we can examine the the derozan deal in the similar light to the one that the bucks made for drew holiday right mm. Uh, where they overpaid for Drew Holiday, but the timing was perfect because Giannis was going to sign the Supermax with the team or he wasn't, or he was going to yeah. leave. And so they needed to go all in and said, so in a similar light, you know, the Bulls in some sense also find themselves at a critical crossroads as a team. Their up and coming star, Zach Levine, will be a very sought after free agent. His best days need to be ahead of him. After years of failing to put any semblance of talent around Levine, as well as failing to draft and develop other potential stars, the Bulls revamped their organization and made wholesale changes to the roster this offseason. Their objective has been clear, maximize the talent around Levine and persuade him to commit to Chicago long-term. Um, and I said, it's easy to see how adding a player of DeMar's caliber at this time makes a world of sense. He's a veteran talent that has playoff experience, has been a leader on successful teams, something that the Bulls have had very little success or very little of in the past decade. Um, and, and then, you know, we talked about the alternatives, uh, and I know I talked to you in preparation for that, writing that article, we, we talked a bunch, but 
the, what DeMar, what we thought DeMar would do on this team was we needed a half court creator, high level half court creator. We needed someone who could get to the free throw line and be efficient and like low turnover and crunch time. And, and I said, DeMar does all three, right? He gets to the rim, drew shoot, draw shooting fouls in the 99th percentile. He's a hundred percentile in assists, 96 in use assists to usage, 90th percentile in turnovers for his position. Um, he's the most efficient isolation score in the entire league. Huh. So like, I, like I felt like I was pretty high on DeMar. I was like, man, you and I talked about this so much. He was the perfect fit on court, right? For an, on a, from an offensive standpoint, DeMar was a perfect fit for this team. And he's blown it out of the water. Like not only has he done all those things, but he's been an incredible mentor yeah. to a lot of the players on this team. He's been the closer. You know, like I think I was arguing with someone on Twitter because uh, they were like, uh, like DeMar should never have the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. I'm like, DeMar should have DeMar should have the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter for almost every team in the NBA that he could be on. Like there's almost no one you should trust more in the clutch than DeMar DeRozan on yeah. offense. And he, I mean, he's just, he's made me look way smarter <laughs> because of it. I read, reread that article and I was just like, man, it has been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the, the outcomes that I compared were, you know, it could crash and burn completely. You know, he could just tear his ACL day one or something and like it just completely crash. Um, it could turn out like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, situation with trading all those picks. Um, but I also said like, um, I, I say I, like there's been criticism of the deal that, you know, what's their high end, right? What they make, may make the first or second round of the playoffs and then bow out. And I was like, go ask, go ask the Kings of the Timberwolves how thrilled they'd be to lose in the second round at the cost of the first round pick in the twenties. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the reality is that most teams would make that exchange. And the, I, the bigger goal with DeMar DeRozan is putting a big market team like the Chicago Bulls back on the map in free agency. Right. And I think AK has done that with, with, with Lonzo ball, with Alex Caruso, with DeMar DeRozan trading for Vooch. Like he's just put all these pieces together. Um, so at DeMar has been, I think the cornerstone of that whole thing. Like he is so important to that. And I know we talked at the beginning of the season and, and it's like, you know, would you trade DeMar for like Ben Simmons or, or like, you know, like, because we, we all kind of thought, Hey, DeMar, I thought DeMar would get money, but I didn't think he'd get like 28 million right. a year kind of money. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I think twenty million dollars for his contract this year has been a complete underpay for what cool. he's provided. Dude is given like all NBA MVP conversation level talent and production on a nightly basis. So, anyways, super long winded rant, but like I cannot believe how amazing Demar has been for this team. Like he could he could not play the next two years and still be worth the money we pay him to me. Yeah, I mean, you could play zero games. I mean, you hit it on the nose, man, and and you, and, and I, I kind of think of it this way too. Like, I we st I don't know if we still know enough um, uh, information about the numbers that other teams were offering him, but I mean, a guy at his age, um, a guy that probably felt a little slighted about uh, in terms of how teams were looking at him. Yeah, um, and for the Bulls to give him that type of money 
when probably other teams were, you know, now that now that we kind of can have like some sense of what was going on, like maybe teams weren't offering that amount of money. Um, and for who knows, maybe he kind of felt like, man, this, the, the, this organization really offering me this type of money because they still think I'm this type of player. You know, yeah. I, I got to show them that I am. Um, and kudos, man. I mean, the dude, <laughs> man, he's yeah. been awesome. And that reminds me, Lara, of something that we talked about that um, every player who's who's come here, whether it was Lonzo, Caruso, or DeMar, they all said the same thing about their conversation with, with AK, the front office, and Billy, that that the Bulls believed in them as like as players. Like they said, just be you. Yeah. Be be you. We want you. We don't want you to have to fit in nook and cranny, and you know, like we don't want you to have to change. We want you because you're the player we need. You are the player we need. And Lonzo said it. Alex Caruso said it. DeMar DeRozan said it. They just want you to be you. And yeah. that is so empowering as an organization to have that type of – because that type of word from a player like DeMar DeRozan will travel around the league like to other free agents. And I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Tristan Thompson signed here. He's a clutch client. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's – I don't think it's – you know, and, and obviously he's not like the super high caliber free agent, but – Chicago's back on the map, I think, in large in large part to what has happened over the last year with this team. No doubt. Um, and one last thing I wanted to touch on about the whole DeMar DeRozan situation is, like, I think one of the things that I like um, after a game's over, I go right to my Twitter and wait for that update, um, that notification for Billy Donovan is not speaking to the media. Uh, yes, because, me too. <laughs> because, because, like, uh, Billy does – in. in Chris Herring and uh, Zach Lowe have all said too, like Billy Donovan is one of those guys that like says a lot of stuff. And then when you go back and look at your notes, you're like, man, he didn't say much, but, <laughs> but like listening to him and how he tries to explain things for the, for the, for the fan. And even for people like us and people that are listening right now that love the game of ball, like he does a really good job of really letting us in on what he was thinking on certain rotations, uh, uh, certain play calls, and one of the things that he brought up was um, when he assigned DeMar DeRozan, um, he said he went to talk to Chris Paul and how he just wanted to understand, you know, like he just wanted to talk to another person like Chris Paul in terms of like how he felt about the the whole, you know, um, you know, analytical world saying, that, you know, the three is worth more than two, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. how he did, he wanted him to be him. You know, we, he didn't want him to come here and put up a lot of threes um, he wanted him to be who DeMar DeRozan is, and that's playing your game um, and getting to the mid-range. And and it also helps that, I mean, he's very efficient from there. Um, so it, it's just like you got to love a coach like that that isn't like, ah, I know what I need to do. Like for him to still talk to certain players, talk to certain coaches, to to really understand like how they may have coached that, that said player or you know talk to players on like how they feel about certain situations – like, I just love that about Billy, and it really shows why uh, this Bulls team is really taken to Billy, um, even when you could tell, like, when Zach gets frustrated at, like, the quick timeouts that Billy, yeah. you know, throws out there. But, like, I think when a coach like Billy allows a um, a culture of, like, uh, like player-friendly, you know what I mean, uh, having a good player-coach uh, situation, how that really helps with tough situations – uh, really helps with talking to players when you got to, you know, for instance, like Alfonso McKinney, like when he was waived, like being able to talk to players like that because they know that you weren't 
toying with their 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 opportunity that he allowed them to kind of like play themselves out of the rotation rather than him just like pulling them out. Um, so I, I think it all helps when you're that type of coach where, yeah. you know, when you have to have tough conversations and when you when you want a, a, a team to kind of galvanize around around you, like he's like the perfect storm of what kind of coach you would want. And uh, man, dude, what can you say about Billy, man? He, he's really done a good job. Well, when we're jumping the gun here, because we'll talk about Billy at the end of all this plays, but you're, I think you're right. And, and Nippy, I think, nails it here. It really seems like the ultimate player's coach. And, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any arguments there. So, um, I know we talked about Vooch a little bit, but let's uh, – I'm going I'm to let you speak on Vooch for a minute here as well because I know you're a big Vooch, big Vooch guy. <laughs> How's Vooch done this season? Has he met your expectations? Has he exceeded them? Has he underwhelmed? What's he done for you? Uh, okay. Let me take the Vucevic fandom hat off for a second. Um, <laughs> so looking at Vooch coming into the season, um, I think if I had to point out something that has been disappointing for me is definitely, and probably the only thing is the three point shooting. Um, I, I thought that, you know, coming into the season, having guys like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, creating those open looks for him that he'd be able to, you know, shoot close to that same percentage that he's been shooting the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, it is, it hasn't been that. Um, but I think Vucevic, the, one of the things that you can really just give him so much props for is no matter if his shot wasn't falling or he was having a bad day or like the dude has brung it, you know, night in and night out in terms of defensively. And again, every player has our off nights, right? But like for when you think about Vucevic, he has had some clunkers. There's no doubt about that in, in terms of being on both ends, you know, like having a bad defense mm -hmm. day. Like the one that sticks out to me big time is the the, the Grizzlies game um, on national television. I felt like Vooch just wasn't there yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, man, the dude has really been um, just just consistent in terms of rebounding, um, playing in drop, um, the passing ability, um, attacking closeouts, just uh, I've seen more clips, you know, watching the games over, just being looking more in him communicating on the defensive end um, like that. I can't I don't think I've maybe I haven't noticed it, but I always felt like Vooch may have not communicated as well as like a Wendell or some of the better defensive bigs in the league. But like watching him closely now, you can see him communicating. Um, and, you know, I, I just there's not much I can say, not much else I can say about Vooch. I just I'm glad that he has continued to put his head down and continue to work to get back to where he needs to be in order to help this team going forward. Um, you know, shout out to him, man, because the way this this the way this city can be sometimes in terms of players just not playing well. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I mean, get on you. <laughs> these, these dudes are are human, just like us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for him to continue to fight through that, man, you know, hats off to him, man. Yeah, I think Nippy nails it here uh, about the offense. How important he is to the offense, even if he's not making shots. Yeah, Booch is really just a, a huge. He's he's the grease on the wheels of this offense, and you know, Nippy's right. When when he was out. When he had Tony Bradley trying to do what he was doing, it wasn't happening, you know. And I know Derek Jones came in and he provided some really nice, you know, short roll passing at the nail. Um, but Vooch is something else. I mean, 
and I love I feel like recently he's he's been pump faking people out at the three-point line and driving right to the basket. He's had some nice dunks the last week or two. He's just he's just dunking on people's heads. And I love you could just see the confidence come back. He's definitely a confidence player. And you could tell that as he's starting to knock down those shots, the, the shots he's taking, he's taking with more confidence. I sound yeah. like Stacey King right now, but <laughs> uh confidence is his favorite favorite thing to talk about. But it really is true, I think, with Vooch. He's he's really come around and I agree, Lara. I mean, I think he's been really consistent outside of a few instances on defense. I think he's been yeah. really consistent defensively. And obviously he's in a tough spot right now with with Lonzo and Caruso out because that having Javante and Derek Jones helps helps uh you know a lot um but having those two guys out puts Vooch in a tough position um you know in, in drop defense but i think overall he's done really really good i mean and if you look at the advanced defensive numbers they're they're all really good for Vooch this year yeah and you know at at its peak when everyone is healthy this was a top five defense <laughs> so you got a top five defense with with nikola vucevic as your center i think you're in pretty good shape uh, you know, regardless of anything else. Yeah. So I'm just glad the shots fallen. Like he's been shooting like 60% from two the last like month and a half. So if, if we get, if we just get normal Vooch in yeah. the playoffs, I mean, we're going to be, yeah, we're going to watch out, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot I of just, fun. I just go back to like before the season, when we were kind of like talking about what this team could be playoff time. Um, I think people, like like they have this season have underrated the type of player that Vucevic is um, and what um, he can, he's going to bring in a playoff setting where the game is slowed down. You're going to have to play kind of inside out type of ball. Um, You're going to need a big that's versatile in terms of passing out of the post, passing out a short roll. And what he's going to bring is going to be big time for this team. Um, Because again, Vuce has kind of turned into someone where you don't have to run like at first, like uh, like when he was going through a stretch, Billy had to like try to run certain sets just to get him touches, you know, because yeah. he was just in a slump. But like the where where he is now and how confident confident he is now, you don't really have to run much for him. You can kind of just, you know, run some stuff to for for Zach and and Demar, and if they play off of Vooch, you can hit him, uh, just because his confidence is back where it needs to be. He's someone like you don't have to run certain sets for any uh, at the moment, um, and hopefully that continues. And you can just kind of have him play off of, you know, pick and pop. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to double DeMar and they're going to have to blitz Zach as well um, so that he's going to be huge um, passing out a short roll. Um, also, his 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 15 footer, 17 foot jump shot. You're going to have to play that him being, yeah. you know, I, I think Javante is going to get a, eat a lot off of him, especially in the playoffs where, you know, they're going to have to show a little bit more off of Vooch and you can get that backdoor lob. Um, for 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 Javante and Pat Pat when he comes back, so like he is as much as people crap on the guy at, at times, he is like Nippy said, man, like that dude is like the cog, the key cog in terms of content, keeping the whole offense flowing. Um, yep. Because if you didn't have Vooch, I mean, you would still be able to get buckets with Demar and Zach, but in terms of a playoff setting, like he's the guy that you're gonna need to be, you know that passing out a short roll, passing out a post, uh, post play, being able to knock down his 15, 16, 17 footers off pick and pop. Like he's going to be huge. And for him to really get back on track um, says a lot about him and it says a lot about what this team can be uh, in in the playoffs. hundred percent. 
Um, so Celine mentioned that Vooch and Iowa built some great chemistry. Vooch and Kobe have built some great chemistry. We'll talk about both of those guys a little bit later. Um, but but Vooch is easy to play with. He, if he's if he's the big that you're running pick and roll with, he can you can do a lot of things with Vooch out there. Just just a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, there's almost nothing you can't do with Vooch except for the lob, right? I mean, lob's the only thing he he's not really doing. Yeah. Um, Trim Baker can't wait for Zoe AC people <sighs> to get back. Cannot wait cannot wait they are so important to this team so let's talk about let's talk about the next guy um on the list which is lonzo ball hmm. uh he, he signed for you know 20 20 ish million a year for the next four years and there was a lot of consternation i thought at the beginning of the year especially from zo fans out there um, <laughs> about what his role was going to be and you know you know some of the comments that that showed up of like him being more of a traditional point guard and things and i mean I gotta say, for 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 Lonzo, since I gave you the last two, I'll I'll do my spiel on Lonzo first. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, brother. I, I think the thing that's impressed me most um, on the floor is his defense. His screen yes. navigation has improved so much this year. I mean, yeah. he he legitimately was an All Defensive Team candidate. I think before his injury, um, I really think like he he's been that good defensively. The point of attack, his point of attack defense in years past was kind of his almost his weakness yeah uh, on the defensive end he's so so good as a help defender as a roamer you know just kind of playing free safety out there yeah but he has really really become an almost elite point of attack defender i don't know if it's just the the alex caruso effect giving him pointers on on how to navigate those screens but he's just <laughs> been so good at it generating steals and blocks and it just he's just him and caruso out there is so nasty it's just so nasty defensively yeah. Um, and you got guys like Javante and Io that can also replicate some of what they're doing on defense. You, those four together, man. If you got any two of those guys on the floor, it's it's over for opposing ball handler. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I think defensively he's just been so much better than I hoped he. And I knew he was a good defender. I thought yeah. he was. I thought he was a good defender. But he's been an elite, elite defender this year. Yeah. And I think that's what's impressed me most. Also, for all the consternation at the end of the year. He's had no complaints. We've heard no nothing. He's just dude just wants to win and wants to ball. Uh, no pun intended. And he's just been super chill. Like he's yeah. just fit right in with this team. It seems like he seems like he's having fun out there. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I just I haven't seen any issues with him at all. Uh, I know since he's been out and Iowa's been doing good, we've had <laughs> some Iowa some some uh, Lonzo fans calling for him to get traded or something <laughs> it's like dude lonzo fits perfectly on this team and he yes. just matches so well because of his skill set on offense number one he's a phen phenomenal transition passer and yes. creator he's so good at maintaining and finding the right pass when when the defense is already broken down when they're already in rotation he's so good at finding the next pass his shooting has been on another level this year he's shooting like i think he's shooting 42 43 percent before he went out from three on high volume, dude, just bringing in every aspect of the game that you want him to. Yeah. Like the only thing he's not making is that little pull up midi that he's yeah. that he's been that he's tried all year. But that, I'm mean, honestly like, what what else what else has he not done extremely well? Like he's even run a little bit of pick and roll yeah. with uh, with Vooch, where he can he kind of gets right to the nail on the right side or the left side, and he'll kick it off to Vooch for a nice little 15 footer, open 15 footer. He he's just been he's been totally worth the money he's, and he's been he just fits so well with this team because Lonzo is a guy that won't fit with every team yeah be, because of 
you really need guys that can get to the rim and can dribble and create for them, create space for themselves next to him on the floor to really maximize his potential. And that's what we got in Zach and Vooch, or I'm sorry, uh, Zach and Demar that can do that. So I love, I, he's totally, uh, he's not only met, but he's exceeded my expectations this year. And I think Lonzo has been a great fit. I cannot wait to see him back. I hope he's, yeah, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's back soon, man. Uh, he's he's going to be he's he's going to be really important for this team going forward. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> Lonzo, uh, he's been fun, man. And I, I think once again, um, we talked about it before the season, and a lot of Lonzo fans didn't want to hear it. Um, and I'm a Lonzo fan too, so I don't want to make it seem like. You know, it's Lonzo's fans. That I love ball. Lonzo Ball. Um, He's so good. <laughs> seriously. But, like, I think where he has really thrived um, is when the ball has been in Zach, DeMar's hands, and they attack, create, like, a, a bent defense and swing the ball to him, mm-hmm. him being able to to make the right p- pass and, and attack a tilted defense. Like, he thrives in that. And um, he's somebody that I believe before he went out was putting up, what, eight? seven or eight threes a game yeah um, shooting uh, shooting the same percentage i think he was from two point percentage i think if i remember right, i think like 42 percent, and then like the two point percent was like 42 percent or something like yeah, that exactly 42.3 percent from two 42.3 <laughs> percent from three on uh 7.4 attempts a game from three uh, before he went out so so but like we, we talked cook, about it mr consistent over here we, we, we talked about it though man like like zo like zo yeah he's he's uh, position like him in the starting lineup point guard no doubt but like he's more of like a three and d wing almost um with like so some some that transition juice you know what i mean that guy that can that really thrives as well in the transition so like um he's really fit in really well with this team he the offense that we run like fits him is very free-flowing uh five out kind of motion offense and uh, it's been a delight, man, with, with Lonzo, man. So I can't wait for him to get back. I hope he comes back speedy and, and healthy. He just fits. He just yeah. fits. Like, however you want to describe him, right? Like, I know I know, I, I called him more of a wing in his role in, in New Orleans, right? He was kind of more of a 3D wing. But is there, like, is there a guy in the NBA? I, I, I thought about this question. Is there a guy this season in the NBA that has been more 3 and D than Lonzo Ball? Dude is shooting 42% from three on almost eight attempts a game. And he's an elite all NBA defensive player uh, in, in the size of a wing. Like he has been the quintessential absolute best version of a three and D player. But on top of that, he's got the passing chops and the processing yes. speed and the transition game that allows him to pl- to play kind of a, as your, as your lead creator in those instances. And especially as you mentioned against an already tilted defense, yeah, he's just a phenomenal player, and he fits so well with this team. Uh, I got, yeah, I got, I got nothing but love uh, for Lonzo. Yeah, man, shout out Lonzo, man. Oh, I also wanted to mention. So he was so much better at catch and shoot threes than off the dribble threes in the past. This year, his his uh, off the dribble threes have really, really come around. Like he's been really good at those too. So, yeah, I mean, he's just he's gotten he's improved at that. Uh, so he's imp- he's really improved his defense, especially at the point of attack, and I think he's yeah. really improved his off the dribble threes. Like he'll take that little one step. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Or, yep. or sometimes he'll catch it and he'll t- he'll take a dribble and then pull up. But he's he's been good. He's been shooting with confidence. I just I got nothing I got nothing else to say on Lonzo. He's just so good. He's been so so valuable to us. No doubt. 
I totally agree with everything you've been saying, brother. All right, so let's get to his his counterpart on the uh, on Team Chaos, which is <laughs> Alex Caruso. Um, what do you thought of Alex Caruso what he's brought this year to the team? <sighs> well, also we'll we'll get to Tristan Thompson. We got we'll have a full breakdown of, of what he can do. We'll have some film. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it. So I know you get if you're anxious for for Tristan Thompson, we'll we'll definitely talk about his role in the team, what he, what he can bring at the end of the year. Man, Caruso, man. Um, Alex Caruso, the headband bandit. Like, <laughs> like, I, I think, I think, um, what he brings to this team, like, we know what he does on court, like, hell of a point of attack defender, if not the best, uh, point of on a point of attack defender in the NBA. Um, shout out, you know, what he did to Monte Morris um in denver oh um, no you know shout out to the the couple strips he got away from from steph in the golden state game um shut down harden right the, the he made the, harden the, fly hell we we, t- we talked about it with uh steph steph no the dude is like the you know that you know he's the answers to the test you know what i'm saying like we, we multiple times if you listen to the game and sometimes uh when you, the, sometimes a boom mic will catch catch a lot of the players talking He'll tell. He'll be shouting. He may be on the weak side and t- shouting out what what's going on on the strong side. Hey, there's yeah. gonna be a zipper screen coming. Hey, uh, DJJ, get here. Uh, you know, pointing everybody where they need to be. And for sure enough, we defend the damn play really well. Um, the passing has been underrated. I think me being not not being able to to watch Lakers games, um, I wasn't fully in tune <laughs> with the type of passer he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, why uh, can why couldn't you watch Lakers game, Larry? You too much hate in your heart, or what's going well, on here? Well, I mean, like. <laughs> I, you I'm know, if they come on national television, you know, I watch them, but like not game, game after game after game. Um, yeah, I consume as little Lakers as possible. I'll be honest. So, <laughs> I'm with you. but I still knew I still knew Caruso was was legit. He was the truth. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, um, Keenan's right here too. He's got that Noah energy. Yes, he's just he's the quarterback on defense. He's quarterback in the defense, as you said. It's not Vooch necessarily. It's it's Caruso out there doing that. Yes, and um, in jail. That's right, Salim. Um, I remember when me and Salim went to the Bulls game, the home opener. The energy, like Caruso had just joined the team, you know, but everybody in that stadium was all about Caruso. Everything, him pointing to the crowd, rubbing, you know, rubbing the the head. Him and Lonzo had that Pelicans game, right? Yes, that Pelicans game. Yes, man. This city loves Caruso. Um, but also I just, I, okay. We talked about on the court, but off the court, what, what you've seen with him in games, just being able to watch him when he's on the sideline. Um, when we see gotten, you know, I, I love Kawhi, but you see guys like Kawhi, they're injured. They're up in the skybox. They're not sitting on the, you know, the, the bench or they're at home, you know, for him, Pat will, for those guys to be on the bench. Um, and I remember there was a play, um, who was it? D'Angelo Russell that got him with the rip through, got Io with the rip through move. Yeah. The very first person yes. to go over to him was Caruso. And it was like a very in depth, very like, hey, I, you know, when he does this, boom, boom, boom. When he does this, zoom, zoom. And like, he's just everything you need from a player like him as, as a veteran, a guy that's won a championship that has been out, had to get it out of the mud in terms of becoming a rotational player in the NBA. Um, and you know, who knows the type of leadership he's showing in practice, you know, like 
I, I just think he is a great player to have on this team when you have a, a, a Io Dusumu who has all the tools to be a very good defender and passing chops that that are there. Um, and all oh, the passing. Caruso. <laughs> Caruso. He's got it, man. Caruso is everything. And I kind of want to back off because I want to hear you because you love this dude. Man. This I is love your Caruso. guy. So I just – there's some – everything you said is on point, right? His point, of attack, his point of attack defense, his navigation of screens is – is like sexual healing for any team defense. It's just like, it's just, it's incredible what he's able to do on defense. Just blowing up these screens, getting over, just blowing up plays. He is absolutely a game changer on defense. He is, as you mentioned, if not the best point of attack defender in the NBA is, is top three. Yeah. He, he belongs on the first team, first team all defense this year. If he, if he didn't get hurt, yeah. Um, he quarterbacks it. He teaches he, his processing speed, you know, we talk about Lonzo Ball's processing speed on the offensive end with what he can do with the ball. Alex Caruso does that on the defensive end, I think, with his processing. Not only is he quick, he's athletic, but he just knows what to do. He knows where his hands are supposed to be. He knows where his feet are supposed to be. He knows what the player's going to do. He knows their tendencies. He's just – he's he's a defensive creator. We talk yes. about offensive creators that can, can create offense for them themselves yes. and others. Alex Caruso is a defensive creator. He creates defensive events for himself and for the team. And that is a rare quality. I mean, he is, but he's, but he's that good defensively as we think about some of the greatest creators in the game on offense, like Chris Paul, right. Or, or LaMelo ball or Luca LeBron, you know, that's who Caruso is on the defensive end to me. And so the fact that we've been missing Alex Caruso and Lonzo ball, who are both, all defense level players, they're all stars on the defensive end for us and really important offensive players. And we're still tied for first place. It blows my mind. Um, but we're top five defense with those two guys on the floor. So I love Alex Caruso. I, I, I knew he was going to be a great signing. I knew the city was going to come, you know, support him. Um, Darius here had a comment. He said, Caruso's like a bigger Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> he he kind of like uh, Kirk was a phenomenal three point shooter. Obviously, he's he holds the record, the Bulls record for three point shooting, but he's got that grit that Kirk that Kirk had kind of in the early days. He's just got that. The city loves him, like the city yeah. loves Caruso. And because you know that Caruso is gonna hustle, heart, and muscle every single play on the floor. Yeah, he, he's he's that Joakim Noah kind of mold for us, and we've got him for the next four years, man, for less than ten million dollars a year. That's crazy. I just it's stupid. <laughs> it's the so, type of value you're going to get back on those, those oh the, that contract gosh. is crazy. He's he's so underpaid. He's so underpaid already. Um, yeah, but I know the comments are going crazy too, and I, I wish I could read them in real time here. I uh, Salim, I have I have DM'd the Bulls. Madhouse, I'm so mad at them. They don't have my freaking jersey. So when I, I'm, I'm going to be in Chicago next weekend. I'm going to try and get myself a, a Caruso jersey while I'm there. Um, that's going to be the present to myself. Black with the pinstripes Caruso jersey. It's happening. It's going to happen in Chicago. So, yeah, Caruso's hair of the G League. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the one, the, you know, you can't have everything. You can't have everything. So the man had to give up his hair. Hey, to get to the team. he could hit up Brian Urlacher, man, and get some of that that whatever that that stuff is called. I can't remember what it's Who is called. It? Was get it, his was hair it, back. Uh, um, Karen, uh, Karen, Karen Butler, Karen Butler. Did you see Karen Butler's hair? 
No, because he was he's got like oh the full, oh Karan like, Karan Karan Butler. Oh sorry, guys. Okay. I'm, I'm I was like I think I mispronounced this. Karan Butler. Yeah, um, man. Do you see his hair? It's like Crusoe. Let's let's make it happen. Let's, let's make it happen. Um, I will say Caruso on the offensive end mm-hmm. has been like his, as far as his shooting yeah. hasn't been as consistent as I would hope. Uh, but he just does everything else so well. Like he's such a smart player on the offensive end. He just makes the right play all the time. He's got the great passing. Um, he just moves the ball, and so even if he's not making shots, like I think having him on the floor has been. He, yeah. he's, he's obviously. With with our starting lineup, if you swap Pat with Caruso, and obviously Pat only played a few games, or swap Javante with Caruso, they have like a really really great net rating together. So I mean, he's just he's been phenomenal. He's like a he's been a closing level player for us all year. So, yeah, um, yeah Edward Sheeran says he compared Caruso to a souped up Garrett Temple when he got him, and now it's disrespectful. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, because people were like, well, is he really that that much of an upgrade? Like, are, are Lons and Crusoe really that much of an upgrade defensively on, like, Garrett Temple and Sadoransky? And I'm like, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. And I love Sadoransky. I love Garrett Temple. They're both really nice players for us. But these are these are elite defensive players. So yes. I know we've we spent too much time on Crusoe. I don't think that's possible, but I'm just going to – we're going to have to move on. Um, I think – before we move on, yes. I think I think a lot of people as well – I'm reading Twitter would say, were saying, well, I would be good at defense too if I had LeBron and then Anthony Davis as the two yes. guys to rotate. And I think if you were looking at um, the film, going back and watching the games and watching just Caruso, if you just watch his technique – at getting over screens, the communication, and also he understands angles really well. Um, like I just feel like when when you just take the product itself and you look at it, that's there's no way that was fake because of uh, uh, because of uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I mean, well, Russo is crazy. He's he's damn good. He's well, now sicko. you're seeing now you're seeing the Lakers are fake without him. Yeah, like, it, it was Caruso. It was Caruso that was propping that defense up. I mean, obviously LeBron, LeBron and AD are all, you know great, mm-hmm. great defensive players too. But they they swapped out KCP and Caruso and Kuzma, who I think were all really underrated defensive players for yeah. them. And this is what you get. So, all right, let's move on to our our makeshift starter, the the six five power forward Javante hey. Green. I got to give some love to Javante Green. But I'm yeah. gonna let you do it first. So, how do you think he's done this year? Because I didn't think he would be in the rotation consistently. I I have to be honest, right? So, if if anybody was here, uh, any of the guys that are in the chat or ladies um, that was ladies. watching or or listening, I, I I said that one of the reasons I thought it'd be right to make a move for Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant or anybody else is because I didn't trust that. Javante Green could could add anything offensively in the half court. And I mean, obviously, his success right now, uh, we don't know if that'll translate to the playoffs. I mean, it's a you know higher stakes, you know, different type of game in the playoffs, so you never know. But if if Javante can be this type of player in the half court where he's been, you know, making teams pay for leaving him open in, in the corner or even you know, above the break three the other night, I'm like. If he can be this guy that can hurt you, um, it, if you did, if you choose to leave him open, 
Also, if you play him too tight, he's very he's very smart in terms of when to cut. He, he can get above the rim. Um, that's something that can help you. You know, if, if we already know what he is on the defensive end. I mean, the dude is just so athletic and so explosive. He's very good at getting into you, into your dribble, forcing you off spots you want to get you, you, you where you want to be. Um, I think Javante is just, you know, kind of a, you know, he's been everything and, and more, honestly, because honestly, when you came to the season, you didn't re you really weren't talking about Javante that much. You know what I mean? Like you weren't yeah. like, oh, man, Javante Green, if we like everything that he has been has been just was that uh, found money or like found it's, just, money. It, it's yeah. just been great, man. Um, so I'll, I'll let you get to Javante because I know you got some flowers. So there you go. See, we both knew at the end of last season that Javante could defend. Like yeah. He was a good defender, and he was very athletic. But I think you're right. Like, it was offensively, what's he going to be doing for us? Yeah. He's really found a nice niche in that offense because, you know, as the fifth starter, there's not a lot of focus on him. So his job is to take advantage of the lack of attention on him, and that's what he's doing. He's, he's making those threes. He's getting in the lane and getting offensive boards yeah. and just – harassing people like because they're not looking for him they're looking for demar looking for zach they're looking for these other guys and javante is just sneaking in behind yep you'll see him cut baseline come up for a put back dunk or mm. just draw some loose ball fouls or just he's just out there to be a pest and he's really freaking good at it and i, I just think he's been yeah he's been really really good uh he's been complete found money he's making almost nothing um yeah, I think Darius is right here. I think I think his 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 IQ or his feel for the game I think is underrated. He just he just finds those spots where he needs to be. He's always in the right spot. And, you know, um, Stacy's always like, "There's five Javantes out there because he's he's just always where he should be. He's yeah. always where there's action happening. He's making stuff happen. He's he's I think he's a defensive creator and an offense creator in this. But he's off ball. You know, he's just complete off ball. Yeah, making things happen out there. So I love I love that we got him. I think. Um, honestly, I think <laughs> I think the Daniel Gafford trade might have been worth it just to have just for what we've gotten out of Javante this year. Yeah. And I know Daniel Gafford's having a nice time in Washington. He got his money. Congrats to him, and, and he's having a good time, and he deserves it. Um, but you know, like Javante, has been a lifesaver for us at the power forward position. Like what he's been able to do, and, and I think it fits so well with the scheme that Billy's running. Mm -hmm. of having those four switchable guards, you know, they're all kind of six, five ish, six, six that can all just one through four switch, 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 make yeah. it easy, make, make Vooch's life easier for him. And the scheme that we run defensively makes it so critical that we have guys on the wing that can rotate and recover really, really quickly and be really athletic and springy and Derek Jones and Javante green and IO fit that mold so well as you know, being able to play the low man or, or weak side uh, defensive help, that they make it happen, and so yeah. that that doesn't work without those guys. And so Javante Green's been a huge, huge blessing for this team. Yeah, at basically no cost. I mean, Billy threw him out there in preseason, kind of just just to see what it would look like. He just had a hunch, and then he's been the starter. <laughs> you know, every time he's there, he's he's been the starter, and he deserves it. He's been he's been that good. Been that good, man. Him on the break, you know, when him and uh oh Lonzo gosh. was on the floor and and Zach's on the floor, like having Javante and Zach on the floor attacking on a break, golly, talk about a nightmare for a transition yeah. defense. I mean, slash, slash, slam, pajama, man, man, 
so Unreal. much fun. This team's so much freaking fun. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love Javante. Um, he's been great. So here's there's the next two guys I really want to talk about and give some flowers to are Kobe and Io. So we'll start with mm. Kobe. Missed six months of the year. Yeah. Um, with that shoulder surgery, he came back, scored zero points his first two games. Looked terrible offense. Like just looked like he'd missed six months of basketball. Yeah. Then he had COVID. Yep. And then he came back, and for the last month and a half or two, he just he's been phenomenal. And it's not the shooting, and, and the shooting's good, right? Let me let me let me see if yeah. I, can, I can pull it up. Like the shooting's been good, right? Yeah. Because we've been talking about how Kobe is this catch and shoot player. That's his strength. That's his strength. Yep. That's what he's really really good at. He's shooting forty percent this year on almost six on five point nine, almost six attempts a game. But that's not what is impressing me about Kobe because I always knew he could do that. What's impressive about Kobe is everything else that he's doing on the court. We said this last year. If he wants to be a winning player, he cannot be reliant on just being the microwave scorer because we know yeah. he can do that stuff. Yeah. What he needs to be better at is defense, both on the ball and off the ball. He needs to be better at rebounding. He needs to be better at just court awareness, communication, rebounding. Like just, uh, I'm sorry, I think I said rebounding twice. But he just all the other things in his game need to improve. And he has done every single thing, I think. Like, he has improved every single aspect of his game this year. And so he's become, even when his shot is not falling, he's he's a winning player on the court, which I think is an upgrade where he's been. I always knew that he could do those things. Yeah. But he's he's going through, he's developing those things. And so not only is he shooting what we thought he could shoot from three and being that catch-and-shoot off-the-ball player, you know, spark plug, you know, he can step in and kind of be a mini Zach Levine yeah. as he's been. But he is doing the things I you know, I know we've we pointed this out in some film. We've talked with guys like Chip or Steph No about yeah. this kind of stuff too. You watch him at the rim, contesting guys <laughs> at the rim and stonewalling them. Yeah. With his with his arms. I, he's just he's just been so impressive this year. I, I got nothing but good things to say about Kobe. I mean, he's not like a phenomenal defensive player, but he's not hurting you. He was like the no. sixth percentile in defense last year. He was like one of the worst defenders in the NBA last year. And I know there was a lot of caveats to that, but he's really improved. Like he, he's taken the leap. Like Zach, I think took the leap Yeah, uh, where he's just so much better with his, his awareness and his, his, just his, uh, his defensive, his angles, his techniques, uh, getting over screens. I think he's just his, his lock and trail. He's just been complete, a complete turnaround um, over, over the course of the season. So that's my spiel on him. But what, do you agree with me? Has Kobe exceeded your expectations? And is he doing those little things like I think he's doing? Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, man. Um, we give him the Bulls a lot of love tonight, and they deserve it. I'm just saying. I, so with Kobe, and I wrote an article about him earlier in the season. Uh, I, I really yes, thought, did. I really thought, um, you could see it. You could see the signs of him really turning the corner. Yeah. Um, and I think it's two part, a two, two, th at least for me, like, obviously I'm not in the locker room. I'm not, I've had conversations with Kobe, but I think there it's two things, right? One, you're on a winning team, um, that has chance to, to fight in the playoffs and get to an ECF, maybe more. So it's like, Oh shoot, I got to get my stuff together. Otherwise I might be the weak link on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, and other two, the, the second part is we have, again, we've talked about it, right? Where if you're asking Kobe to be the main ball handler, break down defenses all game and find the right plays, 
that's not really going to help. That's not going to be his game. But when you add DeMar DeRozan to this team, you add a Vucevic. And we already saw last season when Vucevic came over, him and Kobe had al- already had like a good rapport. Great chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he's been he's been able to attack bent defenses more often. He's been able to shoot more catch and shoot threes. And the biggest thing, if you take a look at his field goal percentage at the rim from zero to three. Yes. Last season, um, he ended with 55 percent. His very first season as a rookie, he was at 53%. This season, he has 65% at the rim. Yes. Um, that is a huge jump and something that is huge for his game. Um, and that, to me, says it, it brings up a lot because he has, to, he has to be able to finish at the rim, and he's been really good at that. Um, so shout out, Kobe. Um, he's really improved in, in everything that you said defensively, transition defense. Uh, passing yeah, transition, better. man. Transition defense has been killer. Yeah, He's been so good in transition defense. I cannot believe it. Like Keenan says it here, right, in the comments. Looks like a brand new player. I mean, yeah. honestly, like the things that he was really, really weak at this year or last year and even early on this season, it just completely turned it around, completely. And I want to say his passing too. His passing – Last year, I thought his passing was a little underrated. Now he wasn't making like super, like super high level reads, but he was making good decisions with the ball for the most part. Like his assist to turnover ratio was really good. It was like almost three to one last year. Mm-hmm. And this year, I think he's starting to make those high level reads a little bit more often. And as you said, if there's a tilted defense, Kobe, his patience and his technique and getting to the rim and and, and uh, being able to finish at the rim has just skyrocketed. Yeah, he's shooting sixty five percent at the rim. Or, or you know zero to three feet how about just, he's been so good how about this and, and he, i i just saw this from 16 feet to three point three point range he's at 48 percent well we talked about so we talked about that last year right his little nail jumper you yeah. get that little step back nail jumper he's 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 still he's still pulling it uh from there i think it uh he was shooting he was shooting 43% last year. Now he's shooting 48. So he's, he's continued to get a little better at that. Um, he's just been good. He's just been yeah. everything. I mean, he and he and Io, and we'll talk about Io next, but he and Io have just really stepped it up this year and yeah. been really impressed. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Keenan. Like that month, like the month of March through the early April, whenever the season ends, if we can get those guys healthy and gelling, I mean, man. This team's gonna be so good. It's so fun to watch the playoffs. Yeah, um, and I think I think Darius is right. We have ten really talented players on this team, and we've got most of them under contract for a long time. Like Zach's like the only free agent here. Yeah, that we really you know need to worry about. Yeah, um, and I agree. And I agree um, with, with Ed Sharon here. Taking his lumps early, being a starting point guard last year helped him in the long run, which is what we said. We said that was it would help him, right? Even if he wasn't, even if that wasn't his long term role. Yeah. Getting those reps as an on-ball creator, getting those reps as an on-ball defender, we're going to help him become a better player and more useful down the line. And as we've talked about this year, with all the injuries and COVID and things, it's given guys opportunities to step up into roles that they weren't necessarily as comfortable with, right? We learned that Derek Jones Jr. is a great short-role center. (laughs) (laughs) We learned that Javante Green can play power forward Hmm. uh, and offend people in the post. We learned that Kobe White... Is a is it can be you know a really nice <laughs> shooting guard uh, as a starter. We learned that Io Dusumu he can play point guard. 
he can get he can rack up those assists. You know, like we've learned a lot of cool things about this team because of injuries. Yep. So, um, so we've learned that you know we've learned some things that they can't do at the same time. Um, but I, I've been Kobe's exceeded my expectations. I really honestly did not expect a whole lot from Kobe because he missed the entire offseason, because he missed training camp, because he was injured, because he had COVID, and because his role on this team was even though it was more defined in a way that I think suited him. Yeah. You didn't know how he was going to respond. You didn't know if he was going to be able to find his way in all of that. And he really has. So hundred percent credit to Kobe white for making us all look like fools. I mean, you and I have, I think believed in him more than most. Yeah. Um, but he's just, I, he's impressed me more than I thought he would he really has. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out like for someone to come off a shoulder injury, <clears throat> have those type of performances when he came back from his injuries. Hear all the again, the Kobe sucks. Kobe needs to be out of here. He's a bum. You know, y'all blah, gotta blah, chill, blah. by the way. <laughs> like, just like chill. for him to take all of that, bro, and 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 really, you know, just dial it in and and be where he's at right now. I mean, it says a lot about his mental makeup, honestly. Um, he's, he's, yeah, he, he, I mean, also too, like for Zach to go out and then him have to step up and be the starting two guard and give that close to same production as Zach. And he has, I mean, come on, he dropped man. 30. He, he dropped 30 the other night, didn't he? Yeah. He just 30 dropped 30. 30. Yeah. Hey, so hey, Billy's talked about, Billy's talked about his mental makeup. And that's yeah. that one of the things that Billy loves so much about and why Billy has so much confidence in him is is because of that mental makeup and what he's able to do. Yeah. Uh, that he just he just fights through adversity and just keeps going. And we've seen it. He's had to fight through a lot a whole lot of adversity in his first two and a half years. Yep. And he's he's really making it happen. So it's great to see. All right, I'm gonna let you give Io some love because I know I know Io has exceeded even your expectations. So let me hear it. Let's see. What do you think about Io? Yeah, man. Um, I think when we did our uh, pod, um, our episode about Ayo Desunmu, we kind of broke him down um, in his uh, last season before he came out um, with Illinois. And some of the things that continue to pop up as, as you watch film on, on Ayo when he was in college um, is the defensive ability uh, on ball. He still he had, We've talked about it with Steph and we also brought it up on the pod like off ball. He can be a little aggressive. And what I mean by that is, is like he can be see a turnover that trying to anticipate turnovers and turnover doesn't happen. And then his man is wide open and for layup and things like that. We've seen that. But um, I think he will continue to improve there. Uh, but in terms of offensively, <laughs> for Ricky to come in and get comfortable, forget about like the 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 skill part of it right now. Like, but like way he talks to DeMar DeRozan, the way he talks to Vucevic, you know, DeMar DeRozan getting all, you know, I think he, he didn't get a foul call and he's really about to, he's probably gonna get thrown out the game or, or attack or something like that. And him come over and carry the vet away. Like that says a lot about what this team thinks of IO uh, because a rookie doing that to, to some vets, that ain't happening. He going to tell you, rookie, get the hell out of my face. You, you haven't been here long enough to even think about telling me what to do. But for him to really gain that respect from the veterans, um, that says a lot about him. And then you move on to the on-court stuff, like him being able to handle the ball and pressure. A rookie 
instead of having instead of you know giving the ball to Zach, giving the ball to Kobe, the rookie, hey rookie, carry us home, you know, take care of this ball for us. And for the most part, he has done that whenever yeah. a team pressed him. Whenever a team has turned up the defensive uh, uh, pressure, trying to get a turnover, he's been the go-to guy when Demar has been off the floor to to carry the ball and and get him get get us into our sets, um, the pick and roll play, the the um, off ball kind of connector role that he's flashed in in terms of attacking closeouts and giving those quick, very quick, decisive uh, passes to cutters or Vooch having position down on the post, um, the three point shooting. Um, I mean. The guy has surpassed, like you said, I I did think he was going to be an impactful player, but I, I thought it was going to be more so on the defensive end and in transition for yeah. him to really take that next leap uh, or not the next leap, but to really like to figure it out half court in the half court, being a, a point guard and getting guys in the sets, getting us, you know, finding the right passes coming off screens. And, you know, for him to do all these things as a rookie <laughs> yeah. um, says a lot, man. It really does, and if you, I mean, look at his shooting numbers. He's shooting. Talk about Kobe shooting sixty-five percent at the rim. Uh, I was shooting almost sixty-eight percent from the rim. <laughs> he's shooting fifty-nine percent overall on twos, and he's shooting forty percent on threes. So it just almost forty-one percent on threes. So he's shooting almost sixty forty. You know, sixty forty <laughs> on on a decent number of attempts, and he's averaging. He's averaging three. Um, uh, so per 36 minutes, he's averaging 11 points, 4.3 assists to only 1.7 turnovers, which is really, really good for a rookie. It's just yes. really good. Um, and when he's had to step up and be a starting point guard, and you know, for in for Lonzo or in for Caruso, he, I mean, he's had several double digit assist games. Like he's yes. just, and as you said, I, I was thinking about this the other day about who I trust with the ball in their hands the most to make the right decision. I think Io for me is second on the list only behind DeMar. And he's a rookie. Like for me, I'm like thinking, who do I trust with the ball in their hands to make the right decision with the ball and not, not like turn it over or do something silly. Like Io is really, really up there on that list. I think he might be second for me behind DeMar DeRozan. Like DeMar, I'm like, uh, give the, Somebody give DeMar the ball so we can just calm down. Like every, I think about that all the time in crunch time. Yeah. But the second guy on that list, I think, is Io. Every time Io has the ball, I'm like, okay, we're good. Like he had that one game against Toronto at the very end where he made made a couple mistakes in a row. Yeah. Other than that, like he's just been really, really consistently good. He just makes really good decisions with the ball. He takes the right shots. He makes the right decisions on defense. It's just he does not play like a rookie at all. And he he has been he has been effective in defense and in transition, but the half court, as you said, Laro, is where he's really shined and and outshone my expectations. So, um, you know, so far I think everyone has has met or exceeded my expectations that we've talked about on this roster. And that's you know we've talked about the starting five and three bench players now. I think yeah. Um, and we, you know, we didn't even talk about Pat. I think Pat, we're going to have to give an incomplete on, obviously, because he's missed all but five games of the year. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of valuable players so far. So let's see. Next on the list, let's talk about Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. who's next on the list. So, um, you know, I think Derek's been really good for us. Yeah. He has, he's actually shot fairly well. He hasn't been, um, 
I mean, it's it's still like not not super great from three. Um, he, well, he's only he's only taken one point two three as a game. Yeah, but he's shooting forty percent. So like, he's not super impactful there, but he's he is making a decent clip uh, of the shots that he's taking. And obviously, I think defensively, what he's been doing for us as a small ball center has been really really effective. Yeah. Obviously, in transition, the man can dunk from absolutely anywhere. Um. And he just he just brings it on defense. I think he I think he fouls still a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, but it's usually because he's guarding guys that are much bigger and weigh a lot more than he does. So I think he's just kind of at a disadvantage there. I don't really think it's so much him as far as just the matchup that, he, that matchup that he's assigned. But I think he's kind of I think he's exceeded my expectations as well. I mean, he's been he kind of had a down year in Portland, um, but he's kind of returned to his. I think Miami kind of strengths and seeing him as a center for the first time has been kind of eye opening to see what he can do as a short roll passer. And, um, you know, just as a rim threat in general, as a vertical threat. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> DJJ <clears throat> is, is interesting uh, because when we signed him, I, I was like, man, like he's somebody, you know, we, he's a, he's a vertical threat. He stretches the defense vertically. Um, you want to get in the fast break. Um, he's another lob threat. He gets out and you get some fast break buckets, buckets there. But I think when I started to grow a little bit more appreciation um, for DJJ was probably the road trip we had without Vooch. And in the Golden State game, I think we were down a bunch. And I think Billy just was like, you know, let's try some different things. And he ended up trying DJJ at the five and seeing him with those like short roll reps, um, like, it, you know, him as a screener and being able to roll. Like, I just, he's so fascinating to me because I think DJJ is somebody that like you can, you can throw out there and he won't hurt you. You know, he's going to play strong defense. He's going to, you know, well, I shouldn't say, say strong defense. He's going to play solid defense. Um, He's a, he's, he's a, a guy that can be your weak side rim protector with his leaping ability. Um, His, you know, long, long arms. Um, and offensively, like I said, he's really proven. Well, I shouldn't say proven either because it's a low volume thing. But <clears throat> we've seen enough um, that you know he may be able to knock that knock down that three when he has the opportunity to catch, set his feet. Um, he can knock it down. Um, but like DJJ has been fun, man. He's he's somebody that man, you know, I, I he's exceeded my um, expectations. I don't know what what people had the expectations they had for him but he's he's exceeded mine because he's been so playable he's been effective um he's just you know a player that you can trust uh to go in there and and do what's expected of him so um yeah man that's what i I, how i feel about djj and i thought to be honest that dj would be you know a marginal like a a fringe rotation player like i thought he'd be playable i thought he'd be playable but i I didn't know if we'd be able to trust him as much as we have yeah, and I thought mostly his value was going to come as that expiring contract of ten, you know, almost ten million dollars to be yeah. able to kind of parlay that into something uh, better. But as as we saw at the deadline, they didn't they didn't do anything with him, so they they clearly think he's going to be important. And I think he will be as you know as kind of like a backup four slash five, and we'll see what happens now with Tristan Thompson and Tyler Cook and, and Tony Bradley in that rotation um, once Pat cuts back, but. 
he's he's been really consistent. He's been really really good for us, and he he adds to the the, the slam dunk contest every night, which is always fun. I mean, it's just the, the team is so much fun to watch because of guys like Javante and, and Derek yes. Jones. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I didn't have like high expectations. Nothing against Derek. I, I, it wasn't yeah. against Derek as a player. I just thought in the role like i didn't know if he was going to have like a very steady role on this team and he, and he has he's he's carved it out and he's he's done a great job yeah um the next thing i want to talk about i did think would have a role carved out and it's kind of and it kind of hasn't and that's troy brown jr mm-hmm. and he's he's definitely had um a very divisive um season like i think fans have been pretty frustrated with him as at least of late because he's have, had a lot of trouble shooting um, he's kind of been up and down. I, I thought for sure that Troy Brown was going to be really important to this team. You know, he kind of does a lot of different things. He has skills in a lot of different areas. Uh, he can, He's actually an underrated passer and playmaker. He's a great, I think he's a great defender for his, I'm sorry, great defender, a great rebounder for his position. Mm-hmm. And we'd seen some really nice flashes of him uh, as an on-ball defender last year when he first yeah. came over from us. And we know that Billy said, "Hey, just go out and give me good defense, and you know you'll find some minutes." And he did. I thought he did a great job at that role. Um, he's been a pretty decent three-point shooter in the corners from his career, not so much above the break or on the wing. Um, but this year's kind of been a mixed bag. I think I think he's the first guy that I would say hasn't met my expectations. Not because I don't think he's been I don't think he's been as bad as people make him out to be. Uh, if you look at his career numbers. And what he's done this year, they're almost identical to his career numbers as far as the shooting percentages. His assists are a little bit down, but as you know, his assist turnover ratio is is, is basically um, is basically the same. It's always been kind of you know like a two to one ratio, which is which is really good. Like he makes good decisions with the ball. I think where there's been struggles is the inconsistent shooting. I think is is the major thing that um, he hasn't been as reliable as we thought he would be as a shooter. And I think on de- defense is not the skill. Like he definitely has a skill. I just think that there's been mental lapses quite mm-hmm. often with him more recently, um, where he's just you know not not switching the right way or not helping when he should or just kind of just making some mental errors. And those things are definitely fixable. So like I'm not as down as, uh, on Troy as, as I think a lot of other people are, um, you know. But his his rookie his rookie deals ending at the end of the mm-hmm. season. So I think a lot of people maybe expected more of him. So I think he's, I think he's not. I don't think he's met my expectations. I thought he would have a more prominent role. Yeah. Partly because I didn't think I would be ready to take on that role, but at this point, I think like I would play Io at small forward over Troy Brown for the rest mm-hmm. of the year and in the playoffs. And I think you'd probably agree with me. That doesn't mean I don't think Troy Brown doesn't have a future in the NBA. I think he can be a good rotation player. Yeah. But he does he does need to be more consistent uh, as a shooter, and I think he he has to clean up those mental lapses on defense that he has. I think just a little too often because his rebounding has really been really really important to us. Yeah, um, especially on that second unit when Vooch isn't on the floor, he's been a really impactful rebounder. I think I yeah. think people and I've been paying attention to it a lot because sometimes that's the only thing he's done well on a night. Um, he's just had a rough stress re- stuff. Rush, a rough stretch recently. Well, I can't mm-hmm. speak. Um, but I think overall, I thought he would have a larger role in this team than he's had. Uh, do, what do you think about Troy? I know you're probably a little bit lower on Troy than I am at this point. I think I might be the only one on Troy Brown Island left on the in Bulls Twitter. But um, what do you think? He's what do you think? Has he met your expectations this year? 
I um <clears throat> I think we were both on the same wavelength this um this you know before the season about how we how we thought Troy Brown um this could be a season where he could carve out a role. Um, but for me, I, I think TBJ is has really not lived up to the ex- expectations that I had for him. And like I said in the article with Jackson, maybe I just had too high of expectations for him. Um, but um, I, I just think I, there are some – I believe there was a turnover in a very recent game. I can't remember. He threw a cross-court cross pass when it was a bunch of traffic. I think and it was the Wizards game. Yeah, it was just it was those, a Wizards game. I can't remember what game it was, but it was very it was it was just an ag- egregious decision um because it's like what what are we thinking? I mean, are we are we looking at the floor? Are we, are, are we I just don't some there's some mental lapses that he has or I just don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing like i don't know but like you said his rebounding has been really really good because for a team that struggles with rebounding when vooch is off the floor i mean he that that we've needed that we've needed that from him um but when you know when you get a alex caruso back it just makes you wonder you know you know i i just i I, i'm not i don't want to be harsh to tbj because honestly like 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 you said before like he's still young um and who knows maybe this timeline that the bulls are on is just not doesn't match up well with what what timeline he should be on in terms of maybe a more developmental team um where he can get a lot of reps and really hash some things out but um this is a team that has aspirations to you know you know get deep into the playoffs and see what happens and i just don't think when the team is fully healthy that he fits that you know he doesn't i don't think he fits the role I know he's done the best he he's 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 can he can with all these injuries, uh, but it's it's still been kind of tough, man. Um, yeah, to watch. I mean, so. I, I, I'm with you. Like I I would not give him playoff minutes in the rotation. I don't I don't trust because of the mental lapses. I think I don't trust him in the playoff rotation. That that's really what it is for me right now. Um, but Darius and and, and S Bulls nine ninety thirty both brought up the strength like his his physicality on defense. I think has been lacking at times. Uh, Darius mm-hmm. says there's been a lot of times that someone takes takes him right to the hole. Um, yeah, he does. He does get pushed around a little too much. So I think you know this offseason is going to be really critical for him because we're going to have his restricted for agency rights. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what we're going to do with him. You know, we may just you know give him a qualifying offer. We may not do anything. We may try and sign him, trade him to another team for something else. Who knows? But I think he has value. Um, like he's making five million dollars this year. Like I think he's probably worth. I think he's been probably worth that contract. But we thought he would be better. Um, and the mental lapses, the lack of physicality, the yeah, I don't know. I, you can just kind of see it when you watch when Troy Brown has the ball in his hands, and you watch guys like Vooch and Zach on the floor. They're always like, they're always like. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the, like they don't trust. They don't trust TBJ yeah. to make the right decision with the ball. Yeah, which is sad because I thought earlier in the year we had some clips of him just making some really really heady plays. Yeah, um, especially in transition and, and just kind of just he's just, he was making really good plays. So you know maybe he's just having a really rough stretch and it's kind of you know that recency bias is weighing on us a little bit more. But I think overall on the season I would I would have to agree with you. Just he's been he's been a little bit underwhelming and. I mean, like it's it's nice that we've gone like 
eight guys deep now and he's the first one that's that's not met our expectations or exceeded them so i mean that's it's a great season to have but yeah i think troy brown has been kind of the um the odd man out so far in the rotation and i think for for good reason i think ios outplayed him uh in almost every aspect of the game so that's where i met with with him let's talk let's talk quickly about the rest of the guys in the rotation so tony bradley is the next guy mm-hmm. um that i wanted to talk about i think i don't think i missed anyone else yeah, I think Tony Bradley is kind of the next guy in the rotation. What have you thought about about Tony? Because I think it's been, I think he's had mixed reception from the Bulls fan base, and I think we may have a, a, a slightly different opinion um, than than I think the kind of the average fan on Tony. So tell me what you think about Tony, because I'm not even I haven't even asked you about this yet. So yeah, we may have a different opinion on him. Um, so Tony, for me, like I think. I think when he's in the game, I think when he's put in a position where uh, he's, he doesn't have to be too far up and drop and he can kind of protect the basket, I think he really does a good job. I think that's where you see his seven five, seven foot five wingspan really, really show. And I think he does a really good job of protecting the rim when he doesn't have to do extra, you know, stun up top. And maybe, you know, if he's able to just drop, drop, drop and protect the rim, I, I think he really does a good job. Um but offensively is where I've been a little disappointed with him. Um, and I, obviously he's not someone, you know, you're expecting to get 15 points a game or anything like that. But in terms of when he has those opportunities early in the season, we've seen DeMar DeRozan, you know, create an opportunity for him. You can't catch the pass. He drops the ball, missing layup, missing some bunnies. Um, he just hasn't been as reliable on the offensive end to me. Um as a dribble uh, DHO operator, I, th- I also think I-, I thought he was a little bit better than what he's shown uh, after watching games of OKC, even some Philly games. I thought he was a, a, a better DHO operator than he's shown. Um, but once we get to Tristan, I, I-, I think I- we can, I'll touch on more about that. But yeah, man, uh, that's where I'm at with him, with TB, with big TBJ. <laughs> I know we've got yeah the the having two TBJs on the team just just hasn't worked for me at all um, from from a naming standpoint. But I think we're Troy. I think see now you got me saying Troy Brown. Um, I think where Tony has really shown is as a rim protector. I think he's I think he has actually been as good as advertised at rim protection. You know EPM's got him in the 97th percentile on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think specifically he's 93 percentile on blocks. He's 85th percentile in defensive rebounds and 94th percentile on offensive rebounds. I think his offensive rebounding has actually been really good for this mm-hmm. team. Uh, one of the uh, one of the only guys on the team that's that's been good at that. I think him and Javante are basically the only two that are ever getting offensive rebounds. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think the offensive limitations are there. He's been better at catching the ball recently. I think early on in the season he had some struggles there. Um, but I think you know he's he's on a minimum contract, and I think as far as he, I think he's absolutely outplayed his contract. The problem is, I think the I think the problem is partially that the bench has been depleted, and especially the bench shooting has been mm-hmm. depleted. And so when he's not able to do, when he's not able to kind of do things offensively for you, when you're relying on him for offense, that's when those flaws really start to show. If he's just there to clean up stuff and protect the rim, and you got guys, you got Demar and a couple shooters out there, I think 
Tony can be fine in those lineups. And he's, and I think, you know, if, if you're looking at the advanced numbers, lineups with him on the court with other, you know, other shooters and ball handlers, like they're really good. Like he's, he's done a really, really good job. It's, I think, as you mentioned, when, when you start relying on him to do a lot of offensive things, especially yeah. things that, that Vooch is doing for you, he just doesn't have that same skill set. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you don't want, you don't want Tony taking 15 foot jumpers. You don't want him as a short row passer. Um, you know, you mentioned the DHOs, but like, it's just, there's not, not a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, he he's, he's, he's been pretty decent as a role man, but he doesn't have like the kind of vertical pop that a guy like Daniel Gafford had for us or, or guys like Javante and Derek Jones. So he's not really, he's not really a huge lob threat. So yeah. I think really where, where he's going to shine in the, if, in a playoffs, if he cracks the rotations in the, in the playoffs, it's going to be as a defensive rim protector where I think that's been his best skill. I mean, he's been, he has been really good at it. I think he's been good, yeah. uh, especially for a minimum guy. He, he's been, you know, one of the best in the league uh, for his position. So uh, we're pro- probably too much, uh, you know, time spent on, on Tony, but I think he's been better in areas that are more under, underseen by the fan base, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, but the struggles that he's had have been very visible on offense. And that's unfortunately the skill set he just doesn't really have. So um, in that same vein, I want to talk about Tyler Cook. Because Tyler Cook's had some moments. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, obviously his game against Giannis was really fun to watch. But now he has had, I think, on offense, he's been much more of a, a rim threat or a lob threat. I think he's been really kind of fun. Um, he just has that pop and that energy and that kind of hustle um, that pops a little bit more on the screen. So, you know, I, I mean, t- Tyler Cook's, he's on like a two-way. Like, I don't expect a whole lot from him. Yeah. Um, but he's come in, and every time he's come in, I thought he's given us some really productive minutes. So, and especially at a position, you know, where we need a really big forward, like a Pat, a Patrick Williams-sized guy that can keep up with a Giannis or a KD or something. Like, I think, I think Tyler's done a really admirable job stepping in and fulfilling that role in in spot minutes. Yeah, um, for me, it's as simple as this, right? Uh, with Tyler is. When you get Pat back, right? Yeah, but uh, let me let me start by saying this. When I thought about Tyler Cook being in the rotation, I was like, okay, this is this is this is fine. I, before the season, I, I remember throwing it out to you and Elias. I'm like, maybe would you guys think about adding Tyler Cook? I think he'd be a no, you know. But um, I think I, I thought at the time I was like, okay, Pat's hurt. Yeah, Tyler Cook's I think is a good guy to fill that uh, fill that void in terms of a big body at the four. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for me with him is what I saw him do against Giannis in that Milwaukee Bucks game. I think that alone should keep him on the roster just in case playoff wise, just in case you got to throw a wrench, throw, throw something different at Giannis. We've seen him be able to kind of frustrate him with his quickness and him being able to kind of uh, frustrate him in terms of keep trying to you know stand in front of him and being a pest that alone mm-hmm. to me. Gives all right, Tyler. You know, hey, you're good. Yeah. Don't worry. But you better, you better keep up that same consistency, okay? <laughs> like, but uh, no, man. I think Tyler Cook is someone that uh, has really. He probably, I think, he's exceeded my expectations. Definitely, yeah. I should say definitely, um, because him as a pick and roll, uh, you know, lob threat, um, him just defensively being able to rebound, block some shots. He's really explosive. Gets off the ground quick. Like uh, I think Tyler Cook has really exceeded some of my uh, all of my expectations. 
Which is kind of funny because when you watch him in summer league, he was giving you nothing. Like I, I remember watching him in summer league, like I, he was he wasn't just not very good. Like he just didn't pop. And so when they signed him on the two way, I was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah, that was my first reaction. I was like, "Are you sure?" Uh, but yeah. I actually been really impressed by his his foot speed on defense. I think yeah. was something that I did not expect him to be as good at uh, as he is. And I think it is kind of his overall athleticism and pop and his reaction speed has been really, really good. And on defense, it really showed against Giannis, who's obviously like just a phenomenal athlete yeah, um, and has incredible length. And Tyler Cook was able to keep up with him for the most part, and I thought that was really impressive. So he he is your Nazi Muhammad on the roster. Just throughout in case of emergency, like for that specific matchup, I think Tyler Cook could do a really good job. And he did. I think he did. And we got we got three more games against the Bucks this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Billy throws him out there for for one of those matchups. Um, uh, last couple of guys here. Matt Thomas is the next guy. So, all right, I got I got to pull up Matt Thomas's shooting stats. Um, but I want I want to I want to talk to you about Matt Thomas. Uh, so tell tell me what you think about what Matt Thomas has done so far this year because <laughs> it's been it's been a mixed bag for me. Um, where do I start? Um, so, okay. Okay. Um, so Matt Thomas, Matt Thomas is someone that frustrates me, uh, a lot when he's <laughs> in the game, uh, because, and not like in a meatballish way, but I mean, like in terms of dude, you're a three point shooter, shoot the damn ball. When you have your opportunity, stop catching it and dribbling it into a mid range. No, I don't want you shooting mid range jump shots. Take, the damn shot shoot yeah. the shot he's shooting what 40 percent, but i think it's on like 2.6 attempts he needs to get more shots up like shoot more <laughs> when you're open like what demar's not creating <laughs> demar is not creating an opportunity for you so you can dribble out of that opportunity no yeah. shoot the damn <laughs> ball man and then you're not you're not good enough you're not even okay calm down you're 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 not um a, a net like a neutral on the defensive end or not just like a slightly negative player like no, no bro, you're not good enough to not take your open shots and oh, then go play defense yeah. like, no 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 you, you you're too you're too um too much of a negative on the defensive end for you not to take every damn opportunity you have like i wish he had eight attempts if he <laughs> you know I, I, I would rather him shoot eight and and i, I just that's yeah. all i gotta say about matt so he's shooting 38.4% from three on 2.5 attempts per mm. game. His twos, he's shooting 42% on 1.1 attempts a game. He should be taking zero twos a game. Zero. You go out there, you shoot. If you shoot 38% from three on multiple attempts a game, good. Yeah, Salim's right. Matt Thomas has done a good job of pissing Salim off. The problem, so I understand Matt's role. Remember we talked, we had, we had Chip Jones on here. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about this, and I had Matt Tom, I had uh, I had Chip in tears because I started talking about Matt Thomas, Matt Thomas dribbling the ball, and and Chip lost it <laughs> on air because I I just if if Matt Thomas is running pick and roll as the ball handler, you're in trouble. Yes, and it's not because Matt Thomas can't do that; it's because if that is what he's on the floor doing, you have screwed up something. Yes, he is there to shoot the ball, shoot the ball. We have like 17,000 good dribblers on this team. We have an abundance of really good ball handlers on this team. Matt Thomas is the last person that should be dribbling the ball. 
last. He should either be shooting the ball or passing it back so he can run off a screen for another shot. That's it. Like that's his role. And so that what what makes me upset about Matt Thomas is not that Matt Thomas shouldn't be on the floor necessarily. Um, I mean, I, I would prefer him not to be on the floor for like 30 minutes like he's been right <laughs> in the last month. But the problem is when he's on the floor, he's getting absolutely cooked on defense. He's trying, he but he gets absolutely destroyed on defense completely. Not only is he just he doesn't have the physical strength or like the athleticism, but yep. he's also making a lot of errors on help defense. Like he's yes. he's switching when he shouldn't be. He's not switching when he should be. It's just it's a complete disaster on defense. And so if he is if he is not making shots on the offensive end in like these short spurts. He's he's a, he's going to be a complete negative for you on the floor, and so my only complaint about Matt Thomas is is what you said. You got to shoot more. Do not dribble. Do not dribble unless no. unless it's like a guy's closing out hard on you, and you're taking one step and dribbling. Okay, you get one dribble. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Be, because he is a good shooter. Like you can you, yeah. you can tell. Dude's yeah. dude's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. But if he's not shooting and knocking down shots. He is an absolute disaster on the floor defensively and and offense. It's like what what are you doing? So I get it, and and it's nothing against Matt Thomas. Like, dude's trying to make his way in the NBA. I respect mm-hmm. it. He's he's obviously done something on this team. Um, you know, it's a first place team in the East, and he's been having major minutes the last month while they've maintained this you know thing. So, like he he does have a positive role to play. On this offense, I don't think you will see him in the playoffs at all if everyone's healthy. But he, you know, he he can hold it up out there, but only if he's doing, if he fulfills his role. Mm-hmm. Know your role and do it well. He he's just sometimes he, he gets a little bit, he does a little bit too much. Yeah, a little too much dip on the chip. Like just just <laughs> just keep it just keep it steady and, and we'll be fine, Matt. Just keep it steady. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> um. We we weren't really talking about Marco because I'll, I'll just say for Marco, he's clearly not good enough to warrant minutes, even on a team that desperately needs big man minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also doing a pretty good job in the G League. So I don't know. I'm my my biggest regret with Marco is that we gave him the three year contract and not Io. Mm-hmm. We gave Io the two year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We won't really talk about, I guess the only other guy on the team is Malcolm Hill at this point, and then we'll get to Tristan Thompson. So, but I don't really have much on Malcolm Hill. Like he's been able to knock down some decent shots and he's done decent on defense, but he's a 10 get, he's a 10 day guy. Yeah. Uh, that we signed because we need the big body. So, I mean, yeah. that's kind of where I am. Like he's been a nice story so far, but I don't really expect them to have any role on the team in the playoffs if, if the team is healthy. So, yeah. Anything else to add on that or, or Marco? Nope. Nope. I've wasted enough words on Marco for the last, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to talk about he's not, he's not the next Lowry marching in so far. Mm-mm. Or the or Marco. for some people we're saying the next Jokic. Well, I don't think there's the next Jokic, but um <laughs> okay, so um I'm sorry, I'm gonna butcher your name, but uh Huhi or Hui Jaehyun. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I probably butchered your name. I apologize. Um, but he said Tristan Thompson. So we're going to talk about Tristan Thompson. Has 70 starts in the playoffs in four consecutive and four consecutive playoff appearances. He's exactly what we need in terms in terms of an enforcer and a toughness role. 
So, Mr. Lara Golden, let's talk about Tristan Thompson. They just signed him today, I believe. They ended up waiving Alfonso McKinney as a result of that. I kind of feel like Alfonso McKinney, the same way I feel about Malcolm Hill, uh, which is, it's, he's, you know, he, he played decently for us in yeah. spot minutes, but not, not a whole lot to expect. But Tristan Thompson, I think, does have, for me, one elite skill that I think he can really bring to the table, and that's his offensive rebounding. So his his offensive rebounding uh, this season, in fact, even though he's he's uh, you know, an older player, he's he has a 16% offensive rebounding rate, which is 98th percentile in the league. So the man gets rebounds, and if you've watched Chicago basketball at all in the mid 2010s, you know that Tristan Thompson pisses you the heck off every time the Cavs played us. Um, yeah, every every time the Cavs played us in the in the playoffs or regular season games, Tristan Thompson was grabbing every single rebound. So we know what he can do on that end. The question has been, is he washed? <laughs> to just be real blunt, is he washed, or does he have something that he can offer this team? Right? Oh my gosh! Because uh, he was he was on the Kings. He was on. I think he was on the Hawks for a short amount of time, wasn't he? He was on Boston after uh, the Cleveland stint, and then okay, and then he's he been trained around a few times, yeah, to Kings, yeah. and then he went to Indy, and then he just got waived by Indy. So tell tell me about Tristan Thompson. Are you broke? Down? I know you spent way too much time watching <laughs> some Tristan Tristan Thompson film over the last Real. few days. So tell me what you found on Tristan. Real sicko. Type stuff. <laughs> Gene says Tristan won't do a GD thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the energy. Love um, it. so check it out, right? So uh last pod we had talked to we who was it? I think it was just us, and we were talking about uh you know buyout candidates and things like that. Um and admitted admittedly, I said that I don't, I don't know how much of a, a upgrade he would have been over TV uh, over Troy uh, over Tony Brown Tony Bradley. There you go there, golly, <laughs> over Tony yes. Bradley. Um, and some of the things that I, th- I think when you watch film, right? I was always watching games for Harrison Barnes. Um, but when you want when you want to figure out things about a player, you kind of have to just watch that player you can't you can't really watch multiple guys at the same time you'll miss things so i went back i watched a uh, uh watched some film on tristan and and honestly man i think he still has some juice um and here's the deal a lot of people like the guy eugene he's probably gonna be like this dude is a, is a homer he anybody the bear anybody the bull sign he's gonna say they, they're good nah, nah, nah. no here's the thing is like watching him he's not the switchable defender he once was you know, in Cleveland, he was a switchable big, um, which made him so valuable. Um, but he's still a very solid drop defender. Um, he, he's he's not very good laterally, um, but for in terms of defensively, he's still really good at being where he needs to be uh, positionally. He's a very good communicator on the back end. Um, he still had he still does a really good job. But like I said, of rotating and getting over to to block a shot. The rebounding is huge. Um, on both ends, um, he's not a guy that just when a shot goes up, he's heading up. No, he's going to try to fight for a rebound. And if he doesn't get it, all right, then he's going to go back. Um, and, and we're going to talk about the short role. Like he's not going to be, um, he's not going to be someone that you, you know, when you look at Vooch, when he's in short role, he's going to make the right pass, right? He's just so unselfish. He's going to make the right pass with Tristan. He's, he's funky. Like he loves getting into that, that left floater that right push shot push shot floater type deal 
and it's actually still really, <laughs> still really good. Um, uh, pick and roll is a lot. He's still a lob threat. He can still get up. Um, so, and one of the biggest things for us too, we've, we've talked about it. There's only like one really true screener on this team and that's Vooch with Tristan. He still is a really, really good screener. Um, and the value of a screener is getting guys like Zach and, and, and DeMar more space away from their, their point of attack defender and allowing them to be who they are. Um, and he's, he's just a very, he's still smart, you know? Um, and I think, uh, some of the guys in here have, have, uh, brought up, like he's, he's got that toughness, that enforcer, uh, guy that you're looking for. He's definitely, uh, still, he's still that guy. Um, so that that's what I've seen uh, in the games that I've I've watched. Um, uh, passing out of the short roll is not going to be a strength. Um, so teams may blitz more in that situation. Um, he's not going to he's not very good at passing out to shooters, but I think he's pretty good at passing to cutters. You know, so like a Javante, mm-hmm. and he's really good at passing to cutters. But in terms of, you know, you know, seeing how the rotation is going and making them pay, no, he's not going to be that guy. Um, but uh, he, I kind of like him being aggressive. He, he if, if when he's aggressive and when he gets that ball in the short roll, he's looking to try to go score. Um, he would, and like I said, he's very funky. If you know Tristan, he's got that funky kind of big man, you know, six nine, two hundred, whatever pound man shooting a floater. You know what I'm saying? And and it looks good. Um, but for me, I, I'm I can get to the clips unless you had something that you wanted to add as well. No, I I was actually surprised that he's only 30. I feel like he's been around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's still got some juice. So I, I think uh, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. I think there's. I'll just two- call you Jay because I, I know uh, I'll say Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay is no no way in hell he's washed. 30 years old just lacks some motivation. Now I will say. Being on a being on a contending team, you know, get get you a little bit of that Blake Griffin revival. You know, Blake Griffin on the Pistons, oh, excuse me, yeah, versus Blake Griffin on the Nets that same year was <laughs> a different animal. So, yeah, you know, uh, Tristan being in a playoff setting or being with a contending team like the Bulls, I think will be the best situation for him, especially where we need what he's what he can provide uh, as far as rebounding, as far as uh, as you mentioned the screening. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's going to lack some of the offensive skill set that Vooch has. Same thing about you know that Tony mm-hmm. Bradley kind of kind of had. Yeah. So um, yeah, we can start. We can let me pull up the the screen there, here and we can we can look at some clips. Three more things I want to talk about. So one of the biggest things I think uh, outside of Vooch, I think Vooch has really really good hands. Um, but Tristan has very good hands. If the ball is thrown to you, thrown to him, it's like a he's like a vacuum. He's going to catch the ball. Uh, second thing is he's very good at finishing through contact. Like the dude, like ain't running from no contact. Um, he, he's going to try to go up and try to finish through your chin. The third thing is from watching some Kings games, the Kings kind of ran DHO at DHOs uh, for, for Harrison Barnes to come off and get right into a shot. And he's just so good at like, he just, he's got a big body. He's so good at just getting his body in the way. Um, Sometimes he doesn't even set like, kind of set and take a screen sometimes he just does a really good job of you know kind of opening up and faking like he's on a roll and just his big mm-hmm. body gets in the way enough um to create space um so for this first yeah. clip um uh, darius by the way darius had the same thought that I, I didn't even see darius's comment unfortunately before i said the blake griffin but he had the same blake griffin comp so i'm hoping oh, yeah. about it i'm hoping about that one yeah so uh for this one um 
Uh, I'll, I'll talk you through it. So, yeah, no, I don't think I have. Nope. Okay. So for this one, right, you're going to get a, again, like not even a, a fundamental screen, but he just does a good job of just getting his body just in the way, right? Gets And, and just that enough gets Wigington behind uh, Ty, uh, um, Tyrese, and gives him space to attack Surge, right? And he does a good job with the rip through move and getting there. But that's the, this is the other part about him, right? He doesn't give up on plays, right? A lot of other bigs would have probably ran the other way. But look, ball goes up. He's 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 fighting for position, right? He's fighting for for position. Boom, he gets it. Gets an extra possession. Doesn't end well because honestly, uh, you know, Kiefer Sykes, shout out my Chicago, Chicago brother. <laughs> he, he's not he's not like a, a Zach Levine or Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso, Lonzo guys that you get extra possessions for. That's huge. If you can get extra possessions, which he just did there, um, he's going to be uh, very helpful for this team. Yeah, Jay says it here, right? We're the Bulls are 29th ranked in rebounds. When Vooch is on the floor, we're top 10, but when he's out, 29th. So backup big could rebound, uh, give you some extra possessions will definitely, definitely help. Eugene's got, he says, if Tristan had milk, he'd be on the Lakers. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, but Tristan, Salim says, if Tristan, I think Tristan could be a, a better Tony Bradley as a role man and finish around the basket. He can actually catch the ball on like Tony. So yeah. Vacuum arms, yeah, you know, is what Tristan has. Yeah, um, another situation as a screener here. Um, it's, so it's going to be running a slob here. So <clears throat> got an elevator comes up, and then again, just he just does a good job when he's engaged, right? Of boom, that's not even. It's just enough, right? It's just enough, and look at all this space that he's given Lance Stevenson, right? It, it, picture that being Zach or Demar coming down and being able to attack surge right and even lance gets downhill gets a foul and it's just like just stuff like the little things like that that a lot of people really don't notice like that, that this screen we don't have a second screener like vooch like this is a screen vooch would do well in but we don't have another guy that can really screen like this and once again he, he's still fighting for the rebound even though it was a foul so it's like it, i think the little things that that tristan is going to bring that's huge you know, and like I said, the screening, that's that's just really huge for this team. Um, another big that can come off the uh, come off the bench um, to, to screen for this offense. Um, and I think he's going to be good enough to really buy Vooch some more minutes um, uh, to 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 rest. Um, just because, again, you know, I think he could do some DHO, um, some DHO things as well. Um, let me remember what this one. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> so this next clip um, is again, right? It's 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 his funky play, right? So um, Kiefer drops it off. Boom, the floater. Like he's got, that's going to be something we're going to be used to. We're gonna have to get used to that. He loves getting to that. He loves getting to this this little like floater, and he makes it. He makes it. Sets his feet. You know that he loves that that floater. Um, and winning, uh, let me see if I can get to some of these, these, uh, short roll here. Um, Salim says Tristan ain't trying to go to a playing team. No, hell no. <laughs> um, but, oh yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second here. Um, against the wizards, um, is Smith who Smith, who I feel like it's always a wizard. Um, he's been a wizard. I feel like his whole career. He's um, back. Right? Did he just uh, get traded back to the wizards? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, he swings it to the left side of the floor to Corey Kispert. Kispert drops it off to Anthony Gill. 
Um, looks like he's about to set like a, an away screen here for him, but it's back doors. Corey opens back up to the ball, right? Get a screen. Tristan's in a good position here, right? They switch back. Look, I love this. This is what I love about it, though. As soon as, as, soon as Lance gets back, he hustles right back to Anthony Gill. Um, get a uh, dribble handoff. Ish Smith passes it. But the rotation, just being able to get over there, yeah. he's not he's not hiding from any action, right? He, he's he's over on the opposite side of the floor, and he just does a good job of rotating over. Um, and the end result is him being in the right spot, getting the block shot. Um, you know, he's head on a swivel, looks over multiple times, gets over here, hands straight up, block, grab it. We're going the other way, and and it that's the stuff that you need. You need guys to do the right yeah. things. Just do the right things. You may, he may not be the most athletic Tristan we've seen um, in the league, but a lot of basketball is being in the right position to, so you can make the job easier on yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's got those fundamentals. His rebounding, his position is, 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 uh, is really solid. Um, Jay says again here, it's like that rebounding, that, that playoff pedigree, Makes him an upgrade over Bradley and Cook. I think he becomes more reliable in those settings than, yeah. than Tony Bradley or Tyler Cook. I think that's when what you really need in the playoffs is even if Tony Bradley may, maybe he's a better player, maybe Tyler, Tyler Cook's a better player, but Tristan, you know, if, if he can give you, if he can be consistent, if he's constantly in the right spots, if he's not making mistakes, sometimes the, just the absence of mistakes yeah. is better than making the right play necessarily or, yeah. or, or doing some highlight reel. I talk about mistakes. I know, and you're a coach, right? You'd rather a guy not make the mistake. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, this is an offensive clip here. Um, Buddy Hill is bringing the ball up on the right side of the floor. He flips it to Tristan. Tristan is running this little DHO action here, turns into empty side play. This is what I love about this dude, man. What Just from what I've been watching, he's not afraid of no contact. If you ain't ready, he's going to grow right through your chin. It's just that simple. Right, so it turns into a DHO empty side power dribble right into his chin, bump, pump fake finish. Like he's 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 a, he's gonna bring that toughness to both sides of the ball. Um, and that you know, I love that power dribble into the dude's chest. Like, yo, um, if you ain't ready, you I'm gonna know, you know, and just smart two pump fakes goes up and finishes. He finishes around the basket. He's got great touch around the basket. Um, that's something you see as well when when uh, when, when when you watch him play. Um, another offensive clip here. Um, Lance is calling for a ball screen here. Flip screen, drops it off. Power dribble once again, finishes through contact with the left hand. Like he's he's able to finish with both hands. Um, that's something I'd like to see as well um, from your big. Um, this is this is through con uh, through uh, traffic here. You know, flip screen, good pass by Lance. I mean. Both those guys, those are, I mean, Denny's a pretty dang good defender. Thomas yeah. Bryant's a big guy. Uh, for him to finish through that, that's that's good stuff, man. You we need that, man. We need guys to be able to get some dirty buckets. And I think he I think he can do that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, he didn't play that many games with, with the Pacers either. Mm -mm. Like these are all recent clips. This is yeah. what he's he's been doing. So you know, it's it's a guy that's we're getting off the buy-off market, like the buyout market. So, like our expectations for that role shouldn't yep. be really, really high, right? Like I, I yep. think I said in, on Twitter after the deadline passed, you know, the the history of buyout guys being really, like, really contributing players is is pretty sparse. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, you know, our, our backup, our backup five slash four position is not 
the rosiest uh, right now. So mm-hmm. he he can help. He can definitely help this team, especially over the next month and a half uh, of the season. Left. I also think the thing to think about as well, too, when you when you talk about Tristan and it's like, yeah, he's 30. But when this team is fully healthy, I mean, what's the most minutes he's probably going to play? Maybe 15, maybe yeah. maybe even less sometimes. So if you're adding him and, and telling him, hey, dude, we just need a strong 15, maybe some games, 20 minutes, depending on if Vooch is in foul trouble. And you're going to have Alice Caruso and Lonzo at your point of attack. So you're not going to be over over. You're not going to be stretched out defensively. We just need you to be right in position. Um, I mean, I think that's I think he's going to be more than enough, uh, like more than ready for that, especially uh, being added to a team like like we like we all know has a chance to really, you know, when healthy shock some 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 crit- some critics. So um, I think that's something you also got to take into uh, take into account as well, that he's going to be in a, a defense that. You know, they're not going to ask too much of him. They're not going to ask him to switch. You know, they're going to ask him to just kind of show, get back, and allow Caruso and Lonzo and Io and Javante to get 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 over the screen. I think, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, yeah, Luis Luis Villasenor. He says the, the, the real thing you got to watch out for is the Chicago ladies. They're, they're going to be they be careful with Tristan in town. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but let me get back to the clips because I know just that can get out of hand. But uh. Uh, oh, but he does okay. Uh, he has a legitimate question. Do, do you think Tony Bradley still gets minutes with Tristan yeah, in the fourth now? I think that there is definitely a chance for two, TBJ to uh, God, Troy. Br- uh, oh my God, Tony Bradley. <laughs> I think there's there's enough. I think there will be a chance for him to still, you know, get in here and there. I think more so. Um, if we play a bigger, a bigger team, I could see him getting some minutes as well. But I mean, Tristan six nine. He's he's kind of girthy. So I mean, he he's a guy that you can still play against bigger bigger big. So I'm I love not. He's a girthy. I love that. He's a little girthy. Oh, you know. This, oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little girthy <laughs> after the pandemic. I'm just saying, <laughs> trying to get rid of it, but get a little bit girthy. <laughs> oh man, dude. Let me get back to this clip. All right. So <laughs> Sorry. Uh, another another off offensive clip here. Um, so you got Tyrese Halliburton coming up here. Uh, he sets a screen um, and positions himself again. Big body, just a great pass. He can still get up and finish. So Ooh, that's another yeah. that's another thing to think about as well. With with just you know Io getting downhill, Zach getting downhill. If that helped, like Contavious Caldwell Pope. Like think about this for a second, right? As we're watching this, let's just take a look right here. Let me freeze it now, right? Zach, Tristan. Let's say Lonzo. Let's say I don't know. We could put uh, Demar. My bad, Demar, and then Javante or or whoever you want to think about over on that side. Contavious Caldwell Pope could literally, to me, I'd be pissed off at him because I would rather see Lance Stevenson shoot that damn three than giving up a lob. So I'd rather him just take away the lob and then react to the this pass, but let's say whoever that is in the corner, he's going to be in a damn, like basically what I'm trying to say is I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for this for Tristan, because with the type of shooting, when this team is fully healthy, um, I think you're going to put this weak side defender in a, in, in hell. Uh, so if I think there's a lot of opportunity for this type of play. Um, so this is, this is a uh, reason why I pulled this clip. I love, I love, I was going to, you know, the lob threat that's 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 really helpful i'm interested to see 
if Tristan does get minutes, like if he is the backup five, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Billy's rotation, when Pat is back and Co- and uh, Lonzo and Cruz are back, so is your starting lineup? And I think I think um, someone asked this earlier. Maybe it was maybe it was Salim. I can't remember, but um, talking about when when Pat is back, do you want to keep Javante in the starting lineup and have mm-hmm. Pat come off the bench mm-hmm. because? Just because of that kind of that balance you can get, but think of a bench of um, Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Io Desunmu, and then Patrick Williams and Tristan Thompson. Like that's yeah. like as as those are your backup five uh, players. I mean, that's not even that's D- Derek Jones even in the rotation. Turbon Jr. is not in the rotation. Like th- those guys are eleven and twelfth guys. Like that's a pretty solid rotation. Yes. Um, or if you have Javante out there. Um, in you know, if you have Pat in the starting lineup, you have Javante out there. Uh, I just think they've got a lot of good players, uh, yeah. got a lot of guys. So I'm interested to see what Billy does because is he going to play eight guys in the playoffs or nine guys in the playoffs? Because I don't know which guard you're sitting. Are you yeah. going to sit Io? Are you going to sit Kobe? Like, yeah. I don't know if you can do that. Um, you know, so we're, I, I'm really fascinated to see what, what he's going to do in, uh, with, with his rotations once we yeah. have everyone healthy. Um, so this is now we're getting into the, uh, I think I have two clips of short roll. Um, this is a a situation, a short roll, uh, for TT for Tristan. Um, and so into the quarter, get a, get a screen, they blitz it. And this is to me where he struggles. All right. When it, when it, when a team rotates over and he can't get to the basket to finish like right now, Chris is not low enough, right? That should be a skip right over to Terry yep. Taylor. Um, yep. But instead, he gets all the way down to the rim. And I, I like I like him being aggressive, but I'd rather him swing that ball over to Terry Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, that, that pass is there. Like, that, that pass yeah. is immediate. Boom. Yeah. Um, so that's something, like I said, um, from watching in certain, some of these situations and, and games is that he he does struggle with the passing. Um, to shooters, but if if Terry was to cut there, I, I just from what I've seen, I I feel like he would pass that to the cutter. So that's something that I think that we're gonna have to keep an eye on um, to see how those short roll reps have uh, work out in Chicago. Um, let's see, I think I had one more. Wait, I think it here's here it, here it is. Uh, no, that's not it. Hold on, let's see. I thought I had one more. Ah, don't tell me that's the one. File corrupted. Uh let's see. It's gone. Here, I'm gonna remove Son that for now. But gun. let's see. You got one more clip? I think I do. Let me double check. Uh, let me see. Make sure I got all of. I thought I had one more. No, I guess I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Louis, yeah. Sorry, Lou said the um, comment. Maybe Pat would take more of an offensive role off the bench. And here's the thing: I mean, it's not going to be like it's not going to be hockey uh, yeah. lineups, right? Like it's they're yeah. not going to just stay all five off the court. Um, you know, bench guys on the court, so they're going to mix and match. So you're going to see Pat with the stars. You're going to see Crusoe with the stars. You're going to see Demar with the bench. You know, you're going to see a whole bunch of different stuff. But it's just how many guys you're going to play because Vooch can't be out there for 48 minutes. Um, so I think Tristan Thompson has a good chance to get, you know, uh, 
if Vooch is playing 36 minutes, you know, can Tristan get the other 12? I, I think he's got, you know, he, he could definitely give you 12 minutes out there in, in a playoff rotation. Um, or, you know, if it's 40 and eight or something like that. Um, I think Pat's going to soak up a lot of minutes when he gets back, assuming that he he's, you know, kind of gets back up to speed. And I think he can play small ball five too. I think we saw Pat early in the season do a little bit of small ball five, and I thought he did really well with that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I would love like the idea of Demar, um, like a, a bench lineup of Demar uh, running the four, but he's the one with the ball ball in his hand. Kobe and Io and Pat and like Caruso, like whew, that's a nasty little bench unit right there. Yeah, like, that's 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 really fun. I, I like that one a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, the more the more I watch Tristan, um, the more I like what he can bring when he has when he, when when he gets here and acclimated to what they're gonna do. There are some things that I didn't bring on um, in terms of like the DHO stuff that the Kings were doing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think he's gonna benefit from being around being on a better roster. I ju- I just think uh, from what what he is good at is what this team needs: rebounding, um, toughness um screening I, I just think every you know another dho operator outside of vooch uh, as that as a big i just think that the things that he is good at um and not asking him to do things outside of the ordinary i think he's going to come in and be able to you know whatever minutes he gets i think they'll be pro- productive minutes yeah i agree with you but he says it this team is so good i mean they really are like this is my favorite team in my entire Bulls fandom. <laughs> this, and it's been, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's been the season from hell as far as like missing time has been concerned yeah. and injuries. But this team projects to be, knock on wood, projects to be healthy by like early to mid March. I mean, we're yeah. almost there. Yeah. And if this team can be, if this team is healthy and gelling as we walk into the playoffs and we, if we're, if we're at a top four seed, Man, it's gonna be a tough team to beat. And you know, I know Billy and Demar specifically don't have like the greatest playoff reputations, yeah, as a, as coach and player, um, respectively. But players can grow, players can improve. I thought, you know, I thought Demar had a much better playoff series in San Antonio than he did some of the ones he had in Toronto. Um, and Billy has just been—I think he's just been a revelation. Yeah. On both ends of the court with the players, I think he's just been really, really good. And, you know, our our struggles so far this year with guys like Troy Brown Jr., Matt Thomas, sometimes with Tony Bradley, those guys may not even be in the rotation in the playoffs. <laughs> and the guys that we're trusting to be in the rotation, we just went through like an hour and a half of positive reviews and how they've all exceeded our expectations. Like every one of those guys that's been that's going to be in the rotation for sure. Yeah has been phenomenal this year. They've just been really, really good at their role. So it's going to be a really tough team to beat. There's there's also really tough teams in the East. I mean, yeah. Philly just got hardened. Ben Simmons is coming back to Brooklyn. Kyrie might play. There might be, you know, if they lift that mandate, uh, the vaccine thing in, in New York, he might be able to play in the playoffs. That's the and then you got the Bucks. About. Philly? No. Or the Nets? Um, the Nets, man. I'm worried My about team. The team I worry about the most is the Miami Heat, actually. <laughs> I just think I that, that. I, I just think that um, Kyle, Jimmy, and Bam can match up with with uh, Zach, Demar, and Vooch really, really well defensively. Mm-hmm. 
And the guys they've picked up off the scrap heap, like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and um, like Yurtseven and uh, Duncan Robinson's coming back around. Tyler Hero's had a, I mean, he's like a six-man-of-the-year candidate right now. Like, they've got shooters. They've got a lot of good players. And, you know, they've had a lot of injury struggles this year. They're, they're right with us. So the Heat, I think Philly, I, I, uh, Philly I worry about because Joel Embiid is just, He's never lost against the Bulls, and so I'm going with that track record. I'm like, we're going to get swept. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, the Bulls' record against a lot of those upper echelon teams in the East has not been super good this year. Obviously, there's a lot of caveats because of our injuries. But, like, the Philly games, like, we were more healthy than Philly two out of those three losses. Yeah. Um, and we and we still lost. And yeah. the Heat, same thing with the Heat. Like, we got – we were injured one time, and we got blown out. But they were also injured – so, anyways, like I just think those are those those two teams, Philly and and the and the Heat. I think I'm most worried about the Bucks. Uh, if they can get if they get Brook Lopez healthy, healthy, the I, I can worry about the Bucks. If not, I think I think they're gonna have a hard time defensively. With yeah, Brook. I think uh, for me, the re- I think it's gonna sound crazy, but I think the reason one of the biggest reasons. Why, how can I word this without sounding like a like a um okay so the andre drummond loss the the andre drummond loss to me is huge because i think when it comes to philly you have to win the Embiid list minutes you like you, yeah. you just, when Embiid steps off the floor that's when you have to either get back in the game or take a lead in a sizable lead because i mean we know at least with us we know what Embiid does to 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 us um but um, what Drummond brought was somebody that rebounded the heck out of the ball, a good screener. Um, he's a lob threat. So like he had, he, he brought, um, he brought something different off the bench and some steadiness at the rebounded position. Their backup big position. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. It's, I don't, it's Paul Millsap right now. Yeah. I'm and, not too, and basketball Paul. I'm not really afraid of those two. Um, uh, but yeah, no, um, I'm not either. And they lost Seth Curry, by the mm-hmm. way. Seth is really, really good. Yeah. He's gonna kill it for for Brooklyn. Again, another uh, dude that I just I'm just not. I hope we don't have to see them. Miami, I can I definitely understand what you're saying, but like this team, you know, even when they're like when they're off the floor, like this team will still be able to bring out like a, a roster that could that could hurt them. Uh, but you know, like I don't. I guess what I'm trying to say is like the Bulls to me are very interesting because you got Caruso who has playoff experience. Like Demar, I know people are giving him crap because he hasn't, you know, his numbers or whatever don't say he plays well. But this dude has never been on a roster that's been put together this well. Um, when you put him next to a guy like Zach Levine, who, you know, once again, everybody's saying, oh, well, Zach hasn't been to the playoffs. Well, Devin Booker was never to the playoffs either, you know, and, and Devin Booker goes and it's almost like, you know, he's been there all his career, <laughs> that way he played. Yeah. So you, ju- you just never know. Um, but for me, like, I'd rather count on the guys we have than like a Gabe Vincent, a Yurtsevin, a, um, uh, um, who am I thinking of? Tyler Hero. A lot of these, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Max Struess, definitely. Like guys that haven't done it. Um, like I'd rather count on the guys that we do have, um, Vooch. He's been really damn good. If you go back into his numbers in his last, last appearance in the playoffs against the Bucks. Um, you know, I, I just think Tristan Thompson is going to bring some, some, some very good, like playoff experience, some toughness. So I think this team is 
understand like like you said about the the heat like i like those three guys and lowry bam um and jimmy are definitely something to worry about but it's just something about Philly because I think when you add a guy like Ben Simmons and he's going to get clowned on because of his offensive ability in terms of shooting, but like the playmaking with the type of shooters that he's going to have around, around him, the deep, the, what he's going to be asked to do on the, like, he's not going to be like, everybody was mad at Ben because he was basically like the second guy there, you know? So they, they wanted him to be able to score 20 plus points a game. And, and, you know, like he's not going to need be needed to do that. Now they're going to be like, bro, transition you, right half court defense yeah. brother get, create havoc like just take the best offensive player and guard him right you got and so injecting that and then you inject seth seth curry another shooter they got already they're gonna have joe harris come back like i don't I, think I mean, joe harris come back this year but if he did I'm, I'm more what, what worried about yeah i think he's getting a second ankle surgery Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, well, still, yeah, still. I mean, next year's uh, next year's when I worry about the Nets. I, I think this year. Well, the problem is, man, if we if we get them and like the first round is the playing team, I'm going to be pissed. But, uh, I, anyways, I, I think it's Jay tough. had a good comment here. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah, no, go, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, he just said that what we've been thinking is like for, for the first time as a Bulls fan, I could say that the roster makes sense from top to bottom, and we're so stacked, like. I agree. Like the roster works so well, and it's a bunch of players that don't necessarily fit on every type of team. Like you got guys like Demar, for example, and Lonzo Ball and Caruso. I think kind of need a certain a certain group of guys to really maximize their skill sets. And this team really does it. I just think everyone's skill sets are maximized, and I think part of that is the roster construction, which is done by AK and Mark Eversley. But I think Billy is also the perfect coach to put those guys in positions to maximize their talents and minimize their weaknesses. So, anyways, I, I love Luis's the frozen is going to turn into the chosen in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, man, if he kids continues to shoot like 35 points a game on 60 something percent shooting, no one's going to stop him. I mean, the dude is looking like like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan hybrid this year. Like, it's crazy what DeRozan's been doing. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, I agree. Like, um, but I just kind of wanted to touch on what you said about the Nets and and yeah, yeah, please. I I, I just <laughs> when you have Kevin Durant on your team, like I'm never I'm 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 gonna give him a chance. It's like I'm, touchdown, Tom. It's just if there's time on the clock. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant. I think that you know, I know this is not a Nets pod, but like Kevin Durant. He's coming to the Bulls. He's so I don't know. Okay, <laughs> this may sound crazy, but like the what he's asked to do on that Nets team, I, I really appreciate Kevin Durant. Not his scoring, but like the passing ability, the weak side rim protection they're asking him to do. Every, just everything they're asking him to do is just I respect him for it because like he means so much to that team, man. Like. Hmm. Um, and now that he gets another guy that can help play make, and then Kyrie Irving, who knows what that whole uh, vaccination thing will how in New York how it work work out. But I'm I'm not look. I hope we don't have to see them, and I hope we don't have to see uh, 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 um, the Heat. But dog, man, it's something about them Nets for me. <laughs> what I hope is <laughs> we get the first seed. 
and we played, it's going to be like one of Toronto, Atlanta, maybe the Celtics or maybe the Nets. Like that's terrible. Like those four <laughs> teams are good. What on earth, man? You're going to get the first seed in the East. Like think about that. You get the first in the East and you're playing the Nets or the Hawks. In the first round as the playing team? I ain't worried about no Hawks. <laughs> I know you're not worried about, about no Hawks. Hawks. I'm, I'm, worried. I'm a little worried about the Hawks. Because, hey, I mean, if you don't remember, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last has, year. Has, uh, has, has Trey met correctional officer Alex Caruso? <laughs> no. He, man, you know they signed Chris Dunn just to keep him away from Trey. Because Chris Dunn just absolutely toyed with Trey every time he played him. Um, I love, man, if you... If you want to just reminisce on great Chris Dunn film, just watch him guard up Trey Young. Oh, oh my gosh. He pissed him off so much. But anyways, I think for me, like if I had to pick between the Raptors, the Celtics, the, the Nets, and um, uh, and the Hawks in the play-in, like if we got number seed number one or number two yeah. and we played one of those four, I'd pick the Raptors, right? Like, just because just they, they don't have an answer for Vooch. Um. Yeah, they're but they're a really good team, and like yeah. Nick Nurse is a really freaking good coach, and they're they've got long. a bunch of six eight guys that can do stuff. And Fred Van Vliet's really good. Like, there's no good matchup, but like if no. it were like if it were the Raptors in the first round, and then let's say let's say the Cavs were the four seed, and we played them in the second round, like I'd be like, okay, I think we got a chance to go to these conference finals. Mm-hmm. But if we play like the Nets, and then the Heat. <laughs> or like the Bucks, or like the Bucks in Philly, or something. Like it's blood just going to be a bath. bloodbath, man. It's just going to be a bloodbath. So my like that's why I think the first seed is so important because you yeah. can avoid, you can avoid like two or three of those teams. <laughs> like I want to avoid Philly. I want to avoid Miami. I want to avoid the Nets. I want to like, man. I I think Philly and the Heat are my top two. Like. Avoid at all costs yeah. in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Like you got to play in the fi- in the Eastern Conference Finals, so be it. But let them let them beat up on each other. First. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's what I want. I think uh, we talk about DeRonda Rosen in the playoffs. Like, I think the dude is tired of Raptors fans saying that he doesn't do anything in the playoffs. You know. Oh my gosh. Um, I, that's I, I why it would be fun to have a Raptors as a, as the first round. I, I think he's gonna be so damn motivated to to play the best he's ever played in the playoff in the playoffs and um i think another guy zach is hungry like zach is really ready to show the world that he's he can he can be i hope so guy. so i hope so because we're gonna need that guy we're gonna need zach levine to be prime zach levine in the dude. playoffs i'm so excited for playoff zach levine i i don't know like i love demar i love demar but I'm so excited for playoff Zach Levine. If if, if, if Zach Levine drops forward in the playoffs, I'm going to be so toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm going to be a problem on Twitter if Zach Levine drops 40. And I'm Man. not. You know, like I'm usually – I'm just – I'm usually pretty reasonable. Yeah. I will have some things to say. <laughs> Stephen A style. <laughs> I am disgusted. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I like. I hope. I hope everything works out with the knee and everything. But if that brother, I, I just feel like he. This team has so much bulletin board material that it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy. There's a lot of guys that are really hungry to prove. I mean, 
you, there are top three guys like Zach, Demar, and Vooch have a lot of, and and Billy have a lot of doubters. Yeah, they got a lot of people, a lot that 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 don't think they can do anything. I think they're washed. <laughs> I think they're overrated. So it'll be really really fun. So yeah, um, that's all I got, man. We, we just managed two and a half hours. <laughs> Call us the dunker spot because we go we go long, <laughs> as long as we need. But, like, uh, yeah, this is fun. This yeah, is so fun, fun to talk. Hey, we man, we had a lot of people show up tonight. Appreciate you guys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we got um, like Jay. First time I seen you, Richard Long. Thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate you guys. Now, S Bulls ninety thirty. I know we Luis. We we seen Luis bunch. Eugene Niceness. With the mm-hmm. niceness, we appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you guys all coming out. Darius Wiggins. There are a lot of you guys. Uh, um, Questy Oliver, if I'm saying that right. Um, appreciate you guys all coming out. We missed someone. And then our OGs, you know, Salim, Luis. Yes, sir. We got those guys coming out. So appreciate you guys. Um, if you enjoy the show, remember to rate the Barroom Network. That's the network that we are on. Make sure to rate and review us. Tell us. Uh, tell, tell your friends if you guys... So we we're, we do video here, so we're able to do film breakdowns, which is I think unique in the in the Bulls podcasting world. Um, but if you love Bulls podcasts, we also have Salim and Edward Suterwala. Or I'm sorry, Salim Suterwala and Edward Schuler. Um, they also have uh, Bulls Gold that they do a podcast. They always have great guests, great analysis. So definitely check them out on the Barroom Network as well. And um, yeah, uh, I hope you guys uh, hope you guys like the show. We want all the smoke, Luis. We want all the smoke in the playoffs. Yes, I know Lero, Lero's really hoping for that that Hawks matchup. I know he am. I he want, wants it. I, he I wants it so I bad. am <laughs> digging, digging. I, I, I maybe they can get above five hundred and come holler at us. You know, so maybe, maybe we'll see. But but hey, you know, think of Jay. Jay's trying to send us money out here. We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hit, hit me up on the dms i'm just kidding but uh we appreciate you man thank you um yeah salim hey salim just had jackson franklin last episode it was really really good i listened to it really really good um talking about a lot of cool stuff so laro that's that dude uh anything, anything else you want to say before we send this send the people off on a saturday evening sunday morning Slash, yeah, it's way too late. Um, it's late, and I Oops, just after dark. I don't want to. I don't want to be toxic, but at the same time, uh, I, I, guys, l- gals who who may listen, um, I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and look, hey Hawks, I want that smoke. <laughs> I, I want all smoke, Hawk fans. I really do. I, I, I'm all that talk about a very oh, lucky so run. I, I'm, I'm. I want to see it. I want to see the same thing. I want to see the same thing. You got to prove it. But other than that, um, yeah, guys, I appreciate you guys. This this was a lot of fun tonight. I hope a lot of you come back. Um, this was a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, next week we won't be doing our show uh, as usual because we're going to be at Podcast Palooza. Mm. So if you guys want to go to the Windy City Bulls game next Sunday, it's going to be February 27th. If you if you want to check out the Windy City Bulls game, uh, Laro and I, along with a lot of other Bulls podcasters that you may know, like uh, Matt and Dave from Locked On Bulls, Ricky and Jason from Cash Considerations, um, we got uh, Fred Pfeiffer from the 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 um, 
Big red, big bus. red bus. There's there's a bunch of them. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget. Matt Gentile, uh, Gentile. Yep, is gonna be out there. We got Rebuildable. the uh, from with Rebuildable. Um, I'm not forgetting about my guys, um, Goose and. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing, man. It's too late. Uh, at night. Buzz, 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 and, yeah, Buzz and Buzz and Goose uh, from um, from uh, Bulls on Tap. So we got a lot of really cool cool guys. We're gonna have a halftime show where we're gonna be doing a live podcast talking about the Bulls. So you guys want? Oh, and Salim's gonna be there, of course, man. I, I, sorry, Salim, man. I forgot you guys are gonna be there. Um, so I will be there in person. I will be in Chicago next weekend with my guy Laro. Yes, for only the second time in my life. <laughs> uh, but i'm really excited so if you guys want to check it out see you guys there it's like it's like you know it's like 20 bucks for a ticket or something and uh there's a deal so check out c red fred at cbe fred he's got details if you guys want some deals um to check that out so that's where we'll be we'll do a live show next week at podcast palooza and then the week after that's going to be our one year anniversary on bulls 101 one year march 6th Man. i think is, i think is gonna be that date so that's crazy yeah it'll be it'll be march 5th but it'll be basically our our one-year anniversary so what a year what a what a crazy year it's been it's been a lot of fun so unreal it's been awesome but uh yeah we'll let you guys go thanks for listening to bulls 101 watching appreciate you guys support and we'll see you next time peace peace